sure is spooky out here, guys. It's uh, we're here around a campfire and it's sparkling up. You know, yeah. got got some got some little sparks flying off here. Got uh, anybody got some interesting stories Did you hear to that? tell? Did you hear that? No. What was that? Twig snap off in the distance. I'm not scared. No, it's all right. It's all right. We're yeah, all what here. there to be scared of? It's just a twig. It's probably a chipmunk. You're yeah. scared. <laughs> all right. Well, Andy's scared of a chipmunk. Right? <laughs> well, there you go. My, this is the tale of the snapped twig. Um, yeah, well, we're here. To, oh, <laughs> yes. Good job with the gunpowder. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Who's in charge here? of bringing the gunpowder? Which Which of the children were... <laughs> tasked with bringing the gunpowder. You know, the they fire. never showed them lighting no. the fire. That was key. That was actually key to the yeah. program. Yeah. Um, but we are here tonight gathered you around know, the fire. Speaking of that fire. What's that? I yeah. I don't think I knew it was gunpowder when I first started watching it. I, I don't like, think so any of us did. They're just throwing sand in there. So yeah, I right. tried to do that at a campfire once. It's like, I'm going to tell a story. And I threw sand in there. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Poof. Nothing <laughs> happened. Yes, the tale of when Trey extinguished a fire. <laughs> I, I was like, put the fire out. The time Trey killed the party. Story. <laughs> and I think I really just ended up at that campfire story, told them the tale of the Midnight Madness. Did you really? Oh, yeah. sweet. Sweet. <laughs> I, think I just told them the it's tale a good story. of the Midnight Madness. It's one of the best episodes of the series. Yeah. But we are here tonight. We're, we're gathered around this, this campfire. Camp. And uh, this is the Memory Machine, a historical anecdotal pop culture podcast although tonight we're the memory machine society yes um my name is nate lockhart i'm your host i'm the leader of this memory machine society uh i've been doing this for a while now who else do i have with me today you have uh trey Whittish. oh hi trey Uh, yes i have not been on an episode in a long time. It's been, I well, I, have, I haven't recorded an episode in a I long know. time. I know. I don't think I've been in one this year, though, even. Right? Uh, maybe. Is that true? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I, maybe not. Yeah, maybe I not since the Christmas one. Yeah, not since, wow. a, no, not since a Disney wow. holiday cartoon. Wow, that's a long time. I think that's. I think it's been a long oh, time. Holy cats. It's been a while. Yeah, Andy, you've been uh, on here more often lately. I have been, yes. It's, yeah. been, it's been a, a, a treat. Yes. Uh, and you you are Andy. Tell us I, who you are. I am Andy formally. Parks. Yeah. I am a friend of Nathaniel Lockhart's. Yeah. I am a... Uh, I, we're borderlining uh, on frequent guest of the show. But it's just a pleasure to be here, and I'm uh, happy to be part of the society. Yes, yes, yes. We're glad to have you here. What was yeah, the last Andy one all three of us were on? I think it was the vinyl record episode. Was it vinyl? Oh, yeah. We did do that one together. Um, was there any other one? Well, we did Nick was at there... Night. We did do we Nick, did at, Nick night. at Night. Yes. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love doing that one. That but that one, I just disappeared into a long It's playlist. my three songs. <laughs> yeah. Huh? And then there's Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it disappeared into like a whole playlist of Nick at Night commercials. <laughs> nonstop. In fact, I'm probably going to do that again. <laughs> now that we've mentioned it, now that we've opened that Pandora's box. And I declare this episode the tale of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But first, but first, uh, this week in geek, um, um, apropos of something, um, uh, this uh, the week that we're recording this, anyways. Sixty years ago, on October second, nineteen fifty nine. The Twilight Zone premiered, mm. so that is a show that the Are You Afraid of the Dark took a lot of cues from. Yep, certainly. Do you remember? Do you know what the first episode of Twilight Zone was? I do not. Was that like? I feel like um, 
Yeah. Well, should have looked that up. But uh, do it while hey, we're talking. You could do it while we're talking. But yes, Twilight Zone, of course, a seminal program, one that still gets rerun to this very day. It has been rebooted since then. Currently rebooted mm-hmm. several times. Yes, it had a reboot in the eighties. There was a reboot in the nineties. There was that fatal um, movie. There, yes, there was a movie that killed the kids and Vic Morrow, yep. um, which uh, John Landis was not brought to justice. Um, <laughs> one day, uh, though. One day. One day. One day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and it's being rebooted right now. It is. By um, uh, Peel, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jordan Peel. Jordan on Peele. CBS All Access. Have you seen an episode of that yet? You know, I haven't. No. I have CBS okay. All Access. I am a subscriber, but I do not, uh, I've not checked that show out. You got CBS All Access for that sweet Star Trek content, yes, right? Yes, yes. Give me, give me that Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Got to have Shut up it. and take my money. You yep. can have as much money as you want for more Star Trek. I don't know. Are you, are you really excited about Picard at all, or is uh. that... <laughs> I almost I almost ruined a friend's wedding because the Picard trailer dropped last night. I don't yeah. hear about it. You were yeah, you were giddy seeing that seeing that occur. Did, did your wife finally watch that? Trailer? We did. We okay, we were good. super tired and we wanted to go to bed and uh, we just stayed up to watch the Picard trailer. Oh, good. And good. Uh, and the Discovery is TV she trailer. excited about it? She is. She's concerned though that you're taking a character from an episodic late 80s early 90s series and you're putting that same character in a premium cable single camera mm. uh almost a little bit more action based series and she's yeah. she says it just feels wrong like mm. tonally because that character has never existed in that format before yeah i feel like your wife tends to be more skeptical of yes things like that she just has a very let's wait and see kind of attitude yes yeah Meanwhile, she, I, she, she, she's not one to buy into hype. Correct. Yeah. I am all in. So we'll see which yeah. one of us uh, made the right choice. Yeah. Um, so the first, what was episode the first episode is where is everybody? So everyone's just gone. A man finds himself alone on a dirt road, dressed in a U.S. Air Force flight suit, having hmm. no memory of who he is or how he got there. Oh. He walks into an abandoned diner, huh. abandoned town, abandoned movie house, abandoned everything. Interesting. But I'm not going to give away the twist. Oh. You'll have He's to watch it. Lives inside a snow globe. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, for a sixty-year-old thing, no spoilers. Um, yes. Yeah, Twilight Zone, great show. Watch all the time. Hell I yeah. return to yes. it frequently. I return to it uh, usually about once a year. I'll watch a couple episodes here and there. You gotta watch a game of pool every now and again. I love that. That's episode. the best one. That is my favorite. That's one of my favorite episodes of that show. A game of pool. Do you have any favorite episodes, Twilight Zone? You know, I'm I'm blanking on the the name of the episode, but it's the one where the this guy is like a a jewel thief or a bank robber or something. He he dies and he and, uh, uh, and he yeah. meets the angel and then he everything seems like it's going perfect. He he wins every time he's at the casino. Every girl he he hits on, you know, falls in love with him and everything is great. But it gets so boring and predictable, and he finally. He, uh, there is a twist there too, but yeah. So it's just, yeah, he, yeah he's in like the world's most boring heaven, um, and that's that to me is my absolute favorite episode. Yeah, forget the title one. of that one. But that's I don't, I don't remember the title of that one either, but I remember it very vividly, including the very, very end of it. Yes, yes which has uh, haunted me, yeah, frequently. And yeah. there's the one where Burgess Meredith breaks his glasses mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then cries about it. Yeah, yep. Um, Trying to think of what other good ones there the are. The silent I, one I, with I, Charles Bronson and Elizabeth oh, bu- Montgomery. Yes, that one's good. That one's really good. Elizabeth Montgomery is smoking in that one. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. really is. She's she quite a looker in that uh-huh. one. Um, let's see. What are some other good ones that I really enjoy? Oh, um, I just like some of the weird ones sometimes, like Five Characters in Search of an Exit. Yes. Remember that one? Uh-huh. 
the Dick York one with the weird. quarter that stands up on a tent. Yeah, and you can hear people's thoughts. thoughts. I love that one. That's a good that one. That is a really good one. The episode I'm referencing is called A Nice Place to Visit. A nice Place, a nice to, visit. place to Visit. Yeah. Or the Christmas one is amazing. I watched the, I watched the Christmas episode. Um, the Which one, one with uh, Art Carney. Okay. As a drunk Santa, department store Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is... Uh, I adore that one. I watch it every Christmas. Because it's uh, really good. But we're not here tonight to talk about the Twilight Zone. To talk about the Twilight Zone. Nope. We're here not to... Here. We are here to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? A television show which uh, scared the crap out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Did it scare you guys as kids? I didn't. A couple episodes did. Yeah, I, yeah. I, my, I think growing up as a as a wee one and being shown like the Universal horror movies at mm-hmm. a very young age, I don't think I was scared. I wasn't scared of it as much as I of horror. As much as I was, and it's horror, as horror, horrifying as Are You Afraid of the Dark is for Kids. I was never scared yeah. of it as much as I was fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I just thought mm-hmm. it was cool. All the concepts were cool. There were a few episodes yeah. that I did get scared about, yeah. scared at. And I just, I was like, oh. It yeah. actually gave me the willies. But for the most part, I just loved watching it. Yeah. What ghosts or monsters or weird things were going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's just. I was always fascinated by it. Because you really never know what direction it's going to go. No. What kind of story you're going to get, mm-hmm. what the twists are going to be. Nope. Every every week, every story, it's something new. It's very rarely predictable, yeah. I think. Which is a grand compliment to the series. What about you, Andy? Did you have any episodes that really stuck in your brain as a kid? There was an episode where some uh, kids, I don't know the name of it, I apologize, but where kids are stuck in the back of a moving car or a cab or something. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they they have to keep answering these riddles, and it and it, if they get a riddle wrong or they take too long to answer, the the vehicle goes faster and faster and faster. And if they get too many wrong, it's going to crash and kill them. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Which one is that? And that one that one inspired it's a very a couple, early one. It's in season one. Yeah, that one inspired a couple of bad dreams. But I typically would watch the show. <gasps> well, is and that if the I Phantom was ma- Cab one? Yes, Phantom That's Cab. the first one with Doctor Vink. Is it really? Yeah. Tale of the Phantom Cab. Right. Oh, yes. I don't know. I don't. Because don't they stop near Vink's house? Because then Vink keeps asking them riddles, I think, right? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been, it's been 20 it. years. But, um, no, that one inspired a couple of bad dreams. But typically, if I watched an episode of Twilight Zone where, not Twilight uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, yeah. that made me, like, uncomfortable or scared, I would, like, turn it off and go, that's that's dumb. That's not real. <laughs> and I was very successful at putting it out of my mind. Because yeah. if I dwelled on it too much, it would have freaked me out. So I just, oh, I like yeah. divorced myself from it intellectually. So I didn't have to think about it. But yeah, no, it would have, it would have messed with me if I gave it more attention. There were a couple episodes that really yeah. scared me as a kid. Uh, the two that come to mind are the tale of the midnight madness. Okay. In which after I saw it, I did not sleep for three days straight. Oh, like, wow. It scared really? me that deeply. Um, I was just so petrified because I watched a lot of movies you know, and a lot days. of like, you know, horror movies, classic, you know, classic black and white movies, whatever. Like- and the idea of something as scary as that demon vampire mm-hmm. being able to come out of it. And silent movies were already kind of unnerving to me okay. at that age, which is funny now, now, now that I love them, you know, I go, go to silent film festivals. But like back then they really unnerved me. And to see something mystical yeah. happen was something that already unnerved me. Whew, yeah. yeah. I, in fact, uh, I slept with 
the covers around my neck, tightly around my neck for 15 years afterwards. Wow. It wasn't until after college that it finally oh wow broke broke its uh what, broke its hold on me what would be some other scary silent movie monsters to come out there's not many it's just nosferatu like what it's, like the um, cat people the cat people would be the cat, curse of the cat people would yeah be a scary movie to come yeah out, right? it's not that's not silent though oh well, there's still. um the golem was kind oh, of freaky yeah, that golem. um cabin of dr caligari okay, is yep, definitely freaky looking the somnambulist yeah right um Okay, yeah, that but that yeah. episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark was a creepy one. Yeah. Although Dr. Vink. Dr. Vink's, oh, I love Dr. Vink. I love Vink. Dr. Vink. Um, uh, that one and The Tale of the Chameleons really freaked okay. me out. Which was, uh, you know, the one with the Maori sisters. Right. In it. And uh, spoilers, uh, skip ahead ten seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, one of them dies at the end. The protagonist dies. Yeah. Right. She is dead. Uh, they throw her down the well? They throw her down the well as a chameleon. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway. The first, yeah, I was going to say, the first one to really unnerve me, like like I said, like I wasn't, I was always fascinated, but the tale of the whispering walls. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. You were that talking one about that one earlier me, before you know, they, we started. They stop in that bar and Master Raymond says, you know, yeah. take the road through the hood, the woods to get back to the uh, highway. And, you know, the car breaks down in front of this old haunted house. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, and it's these kids in the babysitter, and I think what was scary about it was that the babysitter was the one in danger, mm. and it wasn't like a teen. It didn't like as a kid, it didn't register that like this is a teenage baby. This babysitter's not a kid. It this babysitter was an adult. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. bad stuff can happen to the people that are supposed to protect us. Like yes. th- I think that's what made me. Un- that's what unnerved me is that the. The one who was in the most danger was the adult, and these kids had to save the adult. Yeah. And it didn't seem like they were, because it seemed like that episode went on for forever. And yeah. The house was just creepy, and Master Raymond was creepy, because they like, went back in and out of that house like three different times and like still couldn't figure it out and how to get their babysitter out of there. Wow. And then one of his ghost minions had to turn his turn on him. Yeah. The one, yeah. Yeah, that that the creepy old lady too. That that would have freaked me out had I seen it at the time. Yeah, but I didn't catch that one. And that um, like I was telling you before, there was one of the ghosts who kept telling the one, one of the kids, like, "You remind me so much of my little Jane." Mm. It's so sad, so sad. Like kept saying that over yeah. and over again, and I was like, giving me the willies. That like, what happened like, to little Jane, or you know, whatever little Jane? If I'm thinking it's little Jane, yeah, what I remember that that repetition and like you were saying, yeah. like that constant. A- Entering and exiting the house kind yeah. of really lends to a dream-like flow, right? And they kept uh, an going natural, yeah. ethereal kind of pacing. And they kept going like in and out of that like little bar where Master Raymond like told him to go to the house, and yeah. like they were in there and it was empty and abandoned. And then they went back in and all the ghosts were hanging out in there. And mm. then they went out and back in again and it was abandoned again. It's like make up your mind, uh, yeah. ghosts. How so, can we ever beat you? So, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Uh, it premiered in 1990 yes. on YTV yep. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is weird if you're looking this up online because um, I feel like there's the preference is given to the Nickelodeon premiere dates. Yes. But that is not where the production originated. This no. was a Canadian production that Nickelodeon co-financed with Sinar, yeah. right? Yep, Sinar. Yeah. Cinar. yeah. 
Uh, uh, YTV in Canada, right. Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon was about a year behind on air dates. Yes. Um, so they premi- it premiered on Nickelodeon in October of 91, but I think that was only like a sneak peek or something. Because it didn't premiere, like, the, the series didn't start in earnest until the following year in August, 92. Oh, wow. It was something like that. I, yeah. I, either that or it was, like, yeah, you know what, I think you're right. Yeah. They were about a year behind the season, so, like, yeah. it, it, the episode... So, like, 1990 was a sneak peek for Canada, and then the series started in earnest for Canada in 91. Something like that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, so when you, you were watching them on SNCC, yes. those episodes were a year old. When they yes. were new on Nickelodeon, yes, uh, yes, it was. Uh, it was the last uh, show in the SNCC lineup. So yes, it started yeah. with. It was the Clarissa latest. Explains at night, it yeah. all at eight. Eight thirty was Roundhouse. <laughs> nine o'clock was Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. and then nine thirty was Are You Afraid of the Dark? Really, Clarissa was part of SNCC. Yes, it was. That seems like first, too was, tame to be part of SNCC. No, it was no. the first part of SNCC. Yeah, it was the first. It was Clarissa Roundhouse. Ren and Stimpy, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Those then, four shows. And then they added all that. Yeah, all that. And then sometimes they would throw in like a rerun of uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, depending, like during the summer or something. And then um, it got more silly, like it got into Space Cases and other Space stuff. Cases. I loved that show. And uh, it was like Nick for sort of almost teens at the start. Yeah. And then yeah. it got, and then it just realized, well, all the kids are who are at six and seven are still staying up late. So. Yeah, right. that's the way DJ... I, I read a, a lot of my research came from interviews with DJ McHales. That, that's sort of the most insider information on the show. Um, but he described it as a, uh, a programming block that Nickelodeon had for kids who weren't old enough yet to date, but were, but were, but were too young to go to bed that early. Fair enough. So it was like a perfect middle ground for these sorts of... Like tweens. Yeah, yeah. More, more big kid shows, you know. Right. Um, okay, so I which got... Which is perfect. It worked. I know, looked got up... got great ratings. I looked up some of that, that premiere date and stuff. Okay. So The Tale of the Twisted Claw was a Halloween pilot in 1990. Okay. It premiered there and then came on. The okay. Twisted Claw, which was like the fourth episode of the run, the run yeah. order, premiered... On Halloween 1991 okay. in the U.S. Okay. And then the show then premiered in August of 1992. That is so late. Two yeah. years after they shot the... F- two years after the first season, right? Yeah. And even if you were in America, that's still like almost a full year to wait for the full series after you had yeah. seen one right. episode. Right. Which obviously that wouldn't fly now. Because, no, no. Because no, of no, the no. internet, because it would just be like, oh, well, they aired in Canada. I'll find yeah. I'll find a way to stream or pirate it. Yeah. I'm not going to wait a year. You would have forgotten about it. Yeah. You would <laughs> yeah. either have forgotten about it or you would get the instant gratification of finding a way to watch it. Right. Whether it's a, a live stream or whatever. Right. Right, and it was a good uh, ending to the program. Like you know, if you're about to go to bed, nine thirty. Yeah. See, are you afraid of the dark? Is the last thing that's on before you know, unless I don't know, you're staying up to watch the Donna Reed show on Nick at Night. But sure, sure. I doubt it, because <laughs> uh, who would watch that? Um, DJ McHale was the main mastermind behind this. He was a producer on it. He was a writer, and he was even sometimes a director. Um, he was the one who originally pitched it to Nickelodeon, and at the time, as a, 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 of his original pitch, which I guess would have been probably eighty-nine or ninety, um, they said no, and they passed on it. They said no, we don't want to scare kids. That doesn't make sense. Why would we want to do that? It wasn't until there was another guy who came on, another executive. 
His name was Jay Mulvaney. And he came on and was just sort of looking through some of the junk pile. Um, especially when DJ McHale came back to pitch another show to Nickelodeon. And uh, apparently uh, Mr. Mulvaney was like, hey, wait a minute. Didn't you guys do that uh, Scary Tales thing? Which is what it was called at the time as a pitch. It was Scary Tales. Okay. And uh, he said, you know, that actually is a great idea. I don't know why we're not doing that. So you guys just want to do that? So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, yeah, cool. That lovely, yeah. So that's how it started. Is It was really, it was nearly not a thing. Mm-hmm. It was very close to it not happening at all. But thanks to this one executive who believed in it, made it happen. It's all it takes. So yeah. You don't really hear too many good stories about executives, but uh, right. this is this is one of those times. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Teddy, what is it? I love you. I love you too. Teddy, we're recording. Thank you. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Good executive. Yeah, good executive, that Teddy. Um, <laughs> yes. Let's see. Uh, so Nickelodeon kind of wanted a hook, and so did uh, DJ McHale. They wanted to kind of put a thing around it to get people to come back. Yeah. Because that's sort of the trouble with anthology shows is they're hard to keep an audience. Yeah. When there's not consistent characters, you know? Right. Um, and you'll find that a lot of an- very few anthology shows last for that long. Right. Um, uh, Twilight Zone lasted for what five seasons? Six? Five total. Five, five total. Yeah, seasons. five total seasons, and that was like one of the most successful ones. Yes. Right. Um, Tales from the Dark Side ambled along for four. Yeah. Night Gallery was two or three. Yeah, two or three. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents was like four or five, wasn't it? Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock. Most of the uh, anthology shows that you see that did well were in the early days of television. Yes. Fifties yeah. and sixties. Right. Um, when there was a lot less competition for what your eyes yes. could be watching. Yes. By the time so you it was a lot a, easier sell on an audience. That's correct. By the correct. time you got into like 80s and 90s, it just wasn't happening. No, no. You had amazing stories, I guess. Right. Which only happened because of the clout of Steven Spielberg. Right. I don't yeah. think you, you could have gotten that off if you Without were him, uh, no. Joe Schmo, you know. Um, and I think the only reason Tales from the Dark Side worked was, wasn't it on cable or something? Was Wasn't it that like a Showtime or I HBO? Or that was an HBO Tales from the Dark Side. I don't know. Tales from the Crypt was HBO. Um, uh, Tales from yeah, Tales from the Dark Side wasn't a network. I don't think. Yeah, syndication maybe. Syndicate. I mean, I guess yeah. when I said meant not a network, I meant like not one of the major ones. It was yeah, like right. an NBC, ABC, CBS thing. Yeah, or yeah Fox. Yeah. I don't think. Um, but yeah, they don't tend to last that long. But so so the idea was like, well, what if we give them like sort of a, a center around something? At least that was Nickelodeon's idea, I think. right? Um, and. Uh, DJ McHale said in interviews, he said, I really hated the concept of the Midnight Society because <laughs> it really, because they were always, they had to be shot in one week for an entire right. season's worth. Right. Had to be shot in one week. And so that meant we had to have all our story ideas and titles locked down before that one week of shooting. But uh, he said, after the fact, he said, in hindsight, people seem to love the concept. I so, like the you concept. know what? I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. It was the right thing to do. And I think the concept's great. Yeah. It also works great to fall back on, you know, if you get parental complaints, you know, you say like, oh, no, we're not saying that these things really happen. We're saying that these were uh, t- stories that these kids are telling. Telling around a kid. Right. So it kind of allows for a degree of separation. Right. Correct. That you can that you can give. Um, yeah. And, they, and yeah, the, the line was never blurred until the very end. Right. The line was never blurred with the Midnight's, like between the Midnight Society and the stuff they were doing until right. the premiere 
three episodes of the final season. Right. It was about the Midnight Society. Right. And having to track down. Yeah, and having to track down. Like, because the 1999 season after it came back was all new, other than, like, Tucker, I think. Yeah, who who was Gary's brother. Gary's brother. So it was Gary's little brother and Gary. But then the beginning of the third season, like, Gary came back. Yeah. Because they needed to track down the the original members of the Midnight Society from 1937 because you know this oh, had been going yeah. on for forever. Yeah, right. For right. um to find a bunch of like to get like artifacts or stuff from or something. Yeah, yeah. But whatever it was, like the for three episodes of the final season, it became about the Midnight Society, and yeah. it was Which the three premiere episodes, not the three yeah. fin- final episodes. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which you think would make a better finale yeah. than a premiere of a right. season? Right. But uh, and now, in fact, they're working on doing like a, a mini series it's supposed to premiere like next week yeah so soon good timing on yeah. this <laughs> yeah uh congratulations which, us you know it'd be good you know kids uh kids deserve good uh stories you yeah. know and are you afraid of the dark i think supplied those yeah it was better than the goosebumps tv series yeah i never yeah. really watched that one there were um, i did i had all the there books. were some other kids yeah. like want to be horror shows there was a saturday morning version of uh tales of the crypt keeper Oh yes, yeah, there was, yes, was, it was an animated one, right? Uh, no, it oh, was almost okay. like an animatronic Crypt Keeper. Okay. Yes, it was yeah. weird. Huh. But yeah, that was almost an anthology series. There was then yep, uh, was that. Eerie Indiana was more of a I think oh, yeah. it was more. It was not an anthology series, but it was more no, of an it was about series. Town. But Eerie Indiana was good. Sure. Yeah. It was like um, and the Goosebumps series. Obviously, take a weird like a weird town where weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, like. It got a second life because that's how I saw it. Because it was originally broadcast, it was like an NBC Saturday morning yes. in like 1990. So when I was five, and I think at that point I was still flipping to CBS for Pee Wee Pee Wee reruns and Garfield, Garfield and yes. all that stuff. Yeah. But in like six Muppet years babies. later, six years later, it was on Fox Kids on Saturday. That's like where I watched it. Was, yeah, I was on Fox Kids after Power Rangers. Yes, and mm-hmm. and it was weird because it was the the lead in it was the lead from Hocus Pocus. Oh really? And so if you <laughs> if you saw Hocus Pocus in 1993 when it came out and saw it and then and then in 1996 you saw this new show Eerie Indiana you're like huh. how did that guy get younger? Because yeah. it's the same guy yeah. but he's noticeably younger than he is and then you're like oh wait this aired Weird. six years ago what, what did it originally air on disney channel and i think no i think it was a nbc something oh was it, okay. it was like nbc saturday morning okay it was like on one of those it wasn't like yeah it wasn't an abc interesting because i mean i, I watched the disney saturday morning and so i yeah. would have noticed it on there it was like nbc show yeah. for kids and then they brought it to fox kids like six years after it was off the air fox kids did get some cast-offs yeah, sure time. did. Yeah, they got uh, Tiny Toons for a while. They showed for that. a brief period of time. There was a big deal to have Tiny Toons and Animaniacs on the same network at the same time. Yeah, what yeah. was Tiny Toons on originally? It was syndicated. Yeah, so it was on Fox, but it could show on any channel. Right. So, you but just, you just locally, had to pay. it was always on Fox here. Yeah, Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, that's the way it was at, mo- at that point anyway, because Fox had bought most of the uh, independent uh, networks right. okay. around. You know. Around the nation, so chances are you saw it on a Fox affiliate because they yeah. bought your independent station, right? As has happened, so it was at WUTV here yep. in Buffalo. Yes, WUTV was originally independent; it was bought by Fox in like '88 or something like yep. that. '88, '87. That sounds right. Um, the same thing in Rochester with WUHF. Okay, that was bought by Fox. It was independent. They used to show R-rated movies uncut, oh. which is pretty crazy. <laughs> that is crazy um, at the time. 
but they stopped doing that when Fox bought them. Uh, um, nuts. Can you imagine that getting uncut R-rated, uh, R-rated movies over the air on yep. an wow. now? <laughs> that um, is the dream in 1988. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. There weren't many horror things uh, for kids. No, yeah, that, that's pretty much the extent of them, I think. Yeah, like yeah. it was that and Scooby-Doo reruns. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. And even that, most of the time, it's not even a real threat in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no, it's just... Uh, you pull Old the mask, Man Jenkins. Old Man Jenkins. He appeared uh, in the background uh, yeah. at the very beginning of the episode. We haven't even met him yet. Right. But we know it's Old Man Jenkins. Yeah. Apparently, um, McHale tried to sell like a follow-up series after Are You Afraid oh, yeah? of Darker? Or something like that, anyways. But DJ McHale's uh, Night Gallery. Yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. But uh, <laughs> Nickelodeon just wasn't interested. They yeah. just said, eh, "We're kind of shifting away." Like from when? Drama. When after the fact was it? When did he sell it? When did he sell? When he sold? Tried to sell, sell this follow-up. Yeah. Um, it was very shortly after, like in 01. Okay, like 01, so it was, it was after because it was after it wasn't like between the original run ending and then it being brought back for two. No, seasons. it was, yeah, after, it was that. after that. Because there was like a three-year gap between. Yeah, new in episodes. fact, Nickelodeon didn't even really care for it they were sort of just like oh, i guess you can give us new episodes if you want it was the okay. canadian side that wanted new episodes, episodes okay because then they could um because then they could it made the package right. sweeter over for overseas sales yeah uh if they made more episodes so it was more for canada's benefit than for nickelodeon's yeah. i don't think nickelodeon would have ordered any right. new ones if it no. had been up to them at that time nickelodeon was heavy into like tunes on even at night like rocket that was yeah. like rocket power and all yeah. that stuff they were and, and even then like executives were saying like oh, we don't really we're trying to shift away from drama yeah like, we don't do drama anymore right. and that's kind of the way it is to this day yeah uh, sure. they don't do a lot of drama if they do it's like the one teen show you know yeah. <laughs> right like yeah. you know, and it is just that one yep. you know everything else is either a, a hammy sitcom or uh, a cartoon show yeah which may or may not be good depending right. You may get first three seasons of Spongebob. You may oh, get oh, yeah. uh, something like Fanboy and Chum Chum, which is awful. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know what that is. It's, uh, it's a terrible. terrible. It's terrible. You, you <laughs> learned what all these awful cartoons were when you have siblings who are like eight to ten, eight to nine years younger than you. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. So yes. it allowed me to kind of Watch know. Fanboy and Chum Chum. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. At least you got um, kids now and stuff like Adventure yeah. Time and Gravity Falls is around. Oh, Gravity Falls is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I adore that program. Um, in fact, I was watching it recently when Katie was away in business. I was like, great, now I can watch Gravity Falls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, so they, uh, yeah, so the second, so like we said, it ran from about 91 to 96. Then they took some time off. They ordered some new episodes, a couple more seasons. Yep. Then it was gone after 2000. Yeah. I don't think they even ran reruns much after that. Nope. It was, right. It was gone. They if just, they did run reruns, they put it on one of their premium channels when they branched yeah. out to like Nick 2 or whatever. Yeah, Nick Tunes or um, one of them was like Noggin. Noggin, yeah. yeah. It was on, they were on like Noggin. And, and then, and then they it would They would show be, all the old Snick stuff right. on Noggin. And they, so they would show that, that late Roundhouse. at night. Yeah. yeah. Late at night. So that's where you could see like Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yes. And Clarissa was, explains it is all. Is Noggin still around? I have no clue. I don't think so. I don't think it's a thing. Um, they do TV? have a streaming service, I think, oh. called The Splat or something. Oh, okay. Wow. And so they're trying to get you to buy into their streaming service. Uh, so is everyone else. Yeah, yeah. It's just turning into cable <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You might as well just still have cable at <laughs> yeah. this point. Like, How am I going to watch all my Disney stuff boo. in November? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be all over there, maybe. Yeah. But, uh Yeah. Like, 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 what were some of your observations in rewatching this? So we all rewatched some episodes here, you know. 
And uh, what were some of the things that jumped out to you as you watched these these uh, episodes of the, this wonderful old show? Because I'll tell you, one of the things that I thought immediately um, was how sort of um, the cheapness of cable yes. kind of benefited it yes. in a way. Uh-huh. It sort of added like some realness, some verisimilitude to it. Right, you didn't have to... I, I feel nothing like... seemed... Um... Nothing seemed fake in fake. a way. Right. I mean, yes, it was fake, but like the kids didn't look like actor kids. Right. You know? They all looked like kids that you actually knew. Yep. You know? Um, and like I'm certain none of them were gussied up for the camera no. really. And I'm know? sure like certain things in locations, like that the one episode I watched, because I loved it as a kid, The Tale of Old Man Corcoran. Yeah. Starts off in a neighborhood. These kids are playing around a house. And it's obviously not a set, not a lot of the house. Because yeah. if you're going to build a suburban set, it's not going to look like that. Right. It looks like, you know... Mississauga. Mississauga. <laughs> it's what, it's, it looks like Mississauga. Yeah. Right. Or like, or it looks like North Tonawanda. It looks like Wurlitzer Park. You're yeah. not going to build a set <laughs> to look like Wurlitzer Park. Right, yeah. Not on purpose. No. Yeah, no, no way. <laughs> you know? However nice Wurlitzer yeah. Park is, just, that's just not what a movie set suburb looks like. So you can see they just... Probably ask somebody, hey, can we shoot around your house? Yeah. For a half hour, probably. Yeah. And then, like, the rest of it is all just outside in a graveyard at night in the woods. Yeah. You know, that's all I did as a kid was in the summer, was play hide and seek. So that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids just did stuff I did. So it wasn't like kids were, like, they, they were doing stuff kids do. You can right, watch yeah. something nowadays or other times, and these kids. Don't really act like kids or do kids things. Right, the kids were doing kids things. Yes, like, right. like I like I said, the, they were playing hide and seek. They were doing this stuff. Yeah. I did all summer in I the in the woods in the field behind my grandma's house playing hide and seek and cat and mouse. Yeah, these guys were playing hide and seek in the woods in a graveyard. I mean, it was just it was so much like the stuff I did that it was easy to get into yeah. the stories. I, I think that's something. I think like oh. Part of the thing about horror is, even if it's not scaring you, you want to come out of it thinking, like, if I'm not careful, this type of stuff could happen to me. Right. And that's what Are You Afraid of the Dark did with some of those episodes. It very successfully cultivated something that you could project yourself on. Yes. Um, and this is something that Nickelodeon did with a lot of their shows. Yes. Is they were very much... Uh, in fact, they would even use this term. They said, "We don't want Disney kids. We right. want real kids." Yeah. Like they, they would say, "Like, oh, we don't want, we don't want, you know, Mickey Mouse Club types. We want, we, we want the the yeah. real deal. We want braces, kids mm-hmm. with like, you know, I, acne I and yeah. projected myself on yeah. Ren and Stimpy all the time. Yes, right. <laughs> yes. I was just as gross. I constantly pulled out my own teeth and left the nerves hangling. Yeah, yep. um, <laughs> I made a, I made a village of magic nose goblins. That's right. Check. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but that was very true. I mean, that was a, a true aesthetic that Nickelodeon strove for. Was relatability. Was was yeah. Was relatability. You know, and uh, and and there was something that really felt especially personalized. And this was true, I think, of a lot of cable in general. Uh, and I've said this before on, on these podcasts, but but with cable like that back in the day, you often felt like you were the only one in the world watching it in any yes. given time yeah there was sort of an isolationism about cable right because that there's something that you saw and you went to school the next day and said hey do you guys watch this people most people would be like no no I yeah right yeah, yeah what you, you did it was like one other person it wasn't like with network right you know where you would constantly hear about like oh everyone is watching this right you know um you you know you would hear about like how it's the number one show on tv 
You never yeah. hear about no. that about mm-hmm. things on cable. Yeah, like, I didn't really have any friends who were watching Are You Afraid of the Dark. If they were yeah. watching Snick, they made it up through Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, and then went to bed. Right, right. I got to stay up and watch Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, if my mom fell asleep. I got to stay up and sit on the couch and watch Saturday Night Live with my dad. Oh wow! <laughs> I never got to stay up that late as a no, kid. That's impressive. I. Uh, yeah, because my mom would go upstairs and fall asleep, and my dad would fall asleep on the couch, and I was like, "All right, well, I'm just gonna sit here." Well, I am <laughs> unattended. So, I, I only caught "Are You Afraid of the Dark" when it was on reruns. Like sometimes okay. they would show it, like on if you remember Nick in the Afternoon. Yep, you could watch it like 5 p.m. or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, like, if if it was, if someone wrote a postcard to Stick Stickly and said, "I wanted to see uh, yeah. this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark," that's how I watched it. They used to run it, like. For hours on Saturday afternoons too. Yeah, I think. there was like a block where you could just watch it for like at least an hour and a half. On That's Saturday how afternoon. I saw Tale of the Midnight Madness. Yeah, was my brother had gotten his tonsils out, okay. and we went to the hospital just to go hang out with him for a little bit. Right. And uh, and yeah, and that episode was on, and that's how I saw it was in was in a yeah. hospital in uh, in was, was was that in Georgia? Yeah, it was. We lived we were living in Georgia oh. at the time, so that would have been at the Lagrange Hospital oh. in Georgia. Um. Yeah. Yeah. They used to air that all the time around. Like you saw the reruns, but they used to just they used to just show but it. But I feel on. like it wasn't like on a schedule, really. No, I don't yeah. think anything on Nick was on a schedule. Like you could watch Are You Afraid like of the it. Dark at Saturday at four p.m. and then the next Saturday at four p.m. was Pete and Pete. Yeah, and, then and the, then next the next Saturday, Saturday was, was Rugrats or Wild and Crazy Kids yeah. or something. And then yeah. salute your shorts the next week. Yeah, my God, I watched so much Nickelodeon yeah, as a well, kid. Oh yeah, it was yeah. great. Even you, when who, Disney who Channel was premium, Disney I, Channel was premium. We had really yep, no other mm-hmm. kids' options on cable. Right. Yep, that's right. I didn't have cable growing up. My right. parents were against it emphatically. But my grandmother, my grandmother on my mom's side, and my grandparents on my dad's side, they both had cable because there's a um, in the village of Lancaster, New York. They gave free cable television to senior citizens. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, I would go over there, and they we ate dinner, and they didn't really want. To hang out with us, it was like, well, we'll feed you, and then we want to talk to your mom and dad, so go watch TV. And so we'd get like two or three hours of uninterrupted, unsupervised cable television. Nice. Like a couple times a month, and it was glorious. And so I am very familiar with a lot of these cable shows, even though I didn't have cable in my home growing up. That's kind of... uh I mean, I had cable growing up, but I do remember before Cartoon Network was on most cable systems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we didn't have it in New York for a while. Yeah. It took a while for Cartoon Network to come there. But down south, where uh, my aunt and uncle lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they had Cartoon Network. And it was <laughs> so cool. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. They show a pup named Scooby-Doo and Garfield and Friends. <laughs> it was the best. The dream. Living the dream. I don't know what inch high private eye is, but I'm going to watch it. <laughs> uh, that is not a really great show. Yes. Uh, I would have my, show. in 2000, I had my uh, my grandma record for me um, the week's coverage, the week's live coverage of the uh, Democrat and Republican conventions from The Daily Show. Oh, really? On comedy. <laughs> now, granted, this is, I'm 14 Right, yeah. and I would be like, "Here, Grandma, here's a tape. Record eleven o'clock on Comedy Central, Monday through Thursday. On each week, there's a, a political convention. And that was the beginning of the John wow. Stewart era. Right? Yeah, and she's right like, at the beginning. And she's like, okay, and she didn't know what she was recording. I think she, if she knew how foul some of the jokes were, she probably wouldn't have done it. But uh, I mean, well. I was, I mean, that's how I was getting my cables. I was either bootlegging it from my my elderly grandparents, <laughs> or I was, or I was just binging it when I was over uh-huh. visiting. Yeah." 
but still, I mean, you, I mean, you remember it, you know? Yeah. Oh, sure I do. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, I remember it too. Speaking of target, like, you know, sort of something that I think also lended itself to like feelings of isolation is Nickelodeon, especially at that time was very ready to tell you that this is the only place for kids, no grownups. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I remember specifically like some promos being like, uh, this is kids only weekend. If your parents are watching, tell them to go to their rooms. <laughs> yeah, you they know? would do that. This is, only yeah. kids can watch this. Yeah, yeah, there were promos that were like, it's for you, guy, a, a boy kid. It's for you, girl kid. And it shows that like a, a grown up goes, not for you. That's yeah. right, yeah. And, my Which parents is were like, oh, how are we going to watch Roundhouse? I know. <laughs> right. My parents watched that once with me, and they're like, we really like this. Yeah. They liked Roundhouse. They, huh. they called it Nickelodeon Saturday Night Live. Is what uh, they called yes. it. <laughs> but before all that, yeah, became before more, all that, before all that became more closely that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. But uh, boy, what a what a time to be alive. <laughs> yes. Um, there was a bit more of a diversity of programming on Nickelodeon at that time. I feel like mm-hmm. than there right. might be today. I mean, today it's it's hard because. You know who's going to sit for appointment television, right? So, but they used so, to do that, and they used to mix their cartoons they with live action stuff. Yeah, they like, mixed it up a lot. Like they weren't part of SNCC per se, but like Rugrats and Doug still aired right before Clarissa when SNCC. Yeah, it was seven o'clock. I mean, you'd still go seven o'clock. You'd watch Doug seven thirty Rugrats, then you'd go into SNCC. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you weren't. Or if it was the guts. winner and you weren't, yeah, guts. Yeah, yeah. But if it was the winner and you weren't running around playing hide and seek outside, yeah, on a Saturday night and you're a kid and you you couldn't drive anywhere, yeah, you'd go. You, you were in watching Rugrats starting at seven. Dinner's yeah. done. I'm gonna go watch Rugrats. Yeah, I did right. my chores. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch Nickelodeon from seven to eleven. Right. Um, there's something else that I I think the show did really well. We're yes. talking more specifically going back to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Of course. Um. Is I think they really did a good job of tapping into recognizable children's fears, you know, right? Um, things like, uh, like, like, like you said earlier, like something bad happening to your babysitter. Yeah, you like your, your caretaker. Parents. Your yeah. caretakers. Something bad happening to uh, yeah your parents. Like your parents can't help you. Well, just think about like. The Sandman episode we just yeah, watched, Final we, Wish. Like, we, we had just watched, by the way, listeners, we just watched before we started this, we watched an episode together. We watched The Tale of the Final Wish, guest starring Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes. Her, like, her whole family's <laughs> he, there in the dreamland, sleeping and never waking up. Like, yes. It puts her all alone without her family. And her, like, yes, I want my family to leave me alone, but the family's the one who else can also support me. So, like, yeah. like all, it took her whole family away from her. Yeah, other, right. There were things like that. And, and when you're a kid, you know, naturally you lean on yeah. your parents for so much. Right. And if you take that away from a kid, like, oh, right. my God, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> you know? They did that. The, another one. It's horrifying. I, it just came to my brain now, but another real early one. I forget what it was, but um, it's this girl, this f- girl and her parents, a family of three, they go to this old inn, right? Mm. And the... The owners of the inn aren't really around, but the owners of the inn's kid is there. And, you know, he's taken the family's pictures mm-hmm. like throughout the day and t- taking pictures and arranging a photo every day. And the girl's parents start acting older and getting older and, like, going gray and getting wrinkled, like, in the course of the few days they're there. And this, That's creepy. this kid is taking their picture and stealing their youth to keep him young. He's actually, like, 85 or something. But the target is these parents. 
Dang. It targets the parents yeah. in that one. Like that's a good that's a good story. Go after the kid, he goes after the parents. There's a lot of a lot of the danger is losing ends up would would make the kids alone. Yeah. The threats even, even yeah. the threats are made, I'll get your parents. The threats are taking away the comfort of the kids by taking away who provides for them or yeah. who could provide for them. Yeah. I, it's like that in um the ghastly grinner too, the tale yes. of the ghastly grinner is when uh you know the whole thing of that is that there's this uh comic book that this kid gets his, his comic book wannabe artist who is actually pretty good yeah uh, if you look at some of the drawings that, <laughs> that are, he like, makes in his yeah like if, they, if this kid's really that good i don't know why he's getting rejected by these studios um <laughs> but uh he uh you know a, a shopkeeper gives him this uh punk goth uh girl shopkeeper gives him the ghastly grinner so like this is like this is the only issue they made before the artist went crazy, you know, and uh, it's this villain who dresses up like this blue and yellow jester and who you know laughs until blue ooze starts coming out of his mouth, and to all of his victims he just sort of stares at them until they start laughing like idiots and then they're under the control of this. But one of his first victims, when the ghastly grinner comes out of the comic through a microwave accident, I was going to um, say I've yeah. seen this one. This they, they have to, yeah. Like, yeah. The microwave has a, a big role in this. Yeah, like right. The, the, what the mother or somebody spills soda on it, it's, and they put it in the microwave the, the, to dry the teacher, it out. The teacher finds it that that the kids reading it. He's like, he's like, no, you can't. Like that's a one of a kind issue, and he's like. Mr. You know, Mr. Whoever, like you know, you shouldn't be reading comics at all. This is a none of a kind issue, and then he drops it into an uh, into a water tank <laughs> to like destroy it. And so he takes it home and then tries to dry, dry it, it off out, in the yeah. microwave. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I I don't know if that would work. Maybe. Uh, um, I mean, microwaves work by accelerating water molecules, so maybe that would work. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, that that causes the the gas grinner to leap out, and the first victims of the grinner are this kid's parents. And when I was a kid, I never finished this episode as a kid because as soon as I saw his parents turn around with laughing maniacally with blue ooze coming out of their mouths, that was like, no, I'm done. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. You just noped right out. Yeah, of Yeah, I that noped point. right out of it, yeah. and it was too much, and I had nightmares for a few days after that. But uh, I never forgot it. No, I, no. I never forgot it. I still remember that one. Yeah. Oh, no. Especially scary too, watching it, and I'm glad I didn't watch more of this as a kid, because there's a point where they try to run away and they they get into the the bus and try to take the bus to the comic book shop, yeah. and then the bus driver is the turns it turns his head all the way around and then mm. starts mani- laughing maniacally at the blue ooze, and then you know it's, the bus takes off crazily down the road. Uh-huh. That that would have that would have been it for me. Um, yeah. Really good at tapping into those fears like that, or yeah. things of. There's lots of stories of like uh, things you love turning against you. Yes. In the case of the ghastly grinner, it's his comic, his love of comic books. The tale, of the final wish, it's, it's her love for fairy, fairy tales. tales. Um, there's a couple others that are like that, and it, a lot of times it it follows that similar Twilight Zone theme of "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah. Uh huh. You get that quite often. Of um, like one of the ones that I watched was um. um it was um, the the case of the curious camera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it was this one kid who was just bullied and ignored and and beat up, and he wanted to be noticed. He didn't want to be invisible anymore. So he gets this camera, and it, it all, mayhem ensues. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's his drive to be, you know, not invisible anymore that causes all these terrible things to happen. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Can we go back for just one second? Barfed out of my mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, Can we go back, go back to uh, the final wish for one second? Sure. Yeah. And just take like 30 seconds to discuss uh, Bobcat Goldthwing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he is Bobcat Goldthwing all oh, over yeah. that thing. No, it is. It well, is. he couldn't do anything else and nobody would let him do anything else. That's why it, he got so tired of being Bobcat Goldthwing. Right at the time. It's until he went behind the camera for yeah. the most part. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, he's Bobcat Goldthwaiting it up. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's his Dude, thing. Everything was... just short of setting Jay Leno's couch on fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the the things that was mentioned about uh, when Thor Ragnarok came out. That yeah. oh, Jeff Goldblum is just Jeff Goldblooming all over the place in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like this is a very similar yeah. Uh, performance. Yeah, boy, he's just chewing the scenery left and yep. right for sure. Um, I don't know how that little girl who was acting and it kept a straight face through any of it. I think I she was legitimately m- scared. I don't think, I think acting Oh, really? Like, I think he really... <laughs> yeah, he, when he's unhinged, he's... Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, the first thing... Like, he still hey, does some stand-up like that. But does he? Okay. But interview... But he doesn't act like that when he's directing a movie. No. Or in any interviews. Yeah, can you no, I want you to stand over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. He, uh... It, it, it's great, too, that it's, like, his first appearance in that episode is him coming from underneath a bed. Like, can you imagine Hi. Bobcat Colthway coming from <laughs> Coming out from underneath your bed. Saying, like, Hi there! Yeah, hey. And then zapping you into the land of Nod, <laughs> where he's the king. <laughs> and uh, you're his only subject. Fantastic. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> why don't we uh, take a quick break, and then when we come back, we can talk more in depth about some of the episodes that we watched specifically. Okay. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, use, the, let's uh, use the facilities. Yes. Maybe grab another drink. We'll be right back in a second. Super duper. Yep. Don't put out the fire. Clarissa explains it all. Snick is the roundhouse non-stop hip-hop comedy shop. Snick is where the new episodes of Ren and Stimpy premiere. Snick is the all-new nightmares of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Snick is... El Tiempo Primo. Primetime Saturday night. Four Nick shows that Snick every Saturday starting at 8. Snick. Primo. Hi, folks. This is your friendly host here, Nathaniel Lockhart, to tell you a few things that uh, you should keep on your calendar and just in general. First things first, of course, uh, you know, the whole spiel. Go to thegeekiverse.com. That is thegeekiverse.com for all sorts of uh, news articles and opinion pieces and all just fun explorations of geeky culture. But the main thing I have to say for this break, uh, twofold, uh, one is I'm going to be doing a, lo- a live podcast at Dave and Adams 
uh, which is on uh, Sheridan Transit? One of those. Look it up. <laughs> There's an invite on Facebook. You can find it. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but it is October 26th. I will be doing a live podcast at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, this is for their ho- their Halloween comic book day that they're having, a little event. Having a couple guests there, all that kind of fun stuff, and yours truly. Um, not quite sure at the moment of this recording what the topic is going to be, but it'll be fun and Halloween-y. So be sure to check that out. Uh, uh, well, there's going to be other people there too, other Geekiverse content, other Geekiverse uh, creators, so go see them too. Also, uh, Wednesday, November 6th at 6.30 at the North Tonawanda Library, I will be showing my print of The Cat and the Canary, the 1927 Silent Haunted House Classic. There will be live piano accompaniment by Bruce Woody, who frequently does uh, plays a theater organ at Shea's here in Buffalo, as well as the Riviera Theater in North Tonawanda, and uh, church organ at various churches around, so he's uh, quite an accomplished musician. So be sure to come down and see that. It should be a lot of fun. The uh, library was sure excited about it, so uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. And another thing real quick before we get back to the show, a couple ways that you can support us or you can go to patreon.com slash the geekiverse and throw a couple shekels uh, our way that goes a long way to make sure that uh, the lights stay on at the website you know uh, hosting fees and all that it, it all builds up so uh, if you could do that that would be great also if you'd like to support me directly uh, it's not just uh, this podcast that I do I'm trying to get into other things like you know showing my film prints around town so you know locals can get a chance to see real film even if it is only eight millimeter but uh, yeah so if you think that's great and if you want to support me in that head on over to kofi that's ko-fi.com slash nathaniel lockhart 0540 or you could probably just put in uh, kofi uh, you know search on google kofi.com and for nathaniel lockhart uh, that's with an IEL at the end and it should, uh, it should pop up. You'll see my face. Um, yeah, every little bit of that goes a long way and hopefully I can, uh, purchase a few more film prints to then exhibit around town. So anyway, thanks so much for listening and we'll get you right back to the show. week, Snick would like to point out that it's the little things we do for others that truly matter. Heartfelt compliments. Janet, you look beautiful. A kind gesture. Honest advice. Your son's an idiot. And tedious, gruel, back-breaking chores. Happy, happy, happy. Peel, peel, peel. From us to you, Larissa, Red and Stimpy, Roundhouse, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Snick, tonight at 8, 7 Central, only on Nickelodeon. On the next, are you afraid of the dark? Where's Susan? You told her when I was coming, didn't you? Susan disappeared. What do you mean disappeared? No one knows what happened to her. Hello? Anybody here? Oh, cool. Susan? Susan, are you in here? Are you afraid of the dark? Prove it. Saturday at 7 on YTV. 
You've watched, you've screamed, and so far you've survived. And now, here's the number for your chance to call and win an Are You Afraid of the Dark home video and audio cassette prize package. Call 1-800-401-7400 right now. Be one of 2,000 winners who can be scared anytime they want with an Are You Afraid of the Dark home video and audio cassette. Call 1-800-401-7400 and keep watching the place where only kids win. Because midnight till midnight doesn't stop till midnight. The moon waxing bright, a shadow in the trees, a howl in the night. Signs that the Midnight Society is weaving a tale that will chill you, creep you, and leave you ghostly pale. The ghouls and the goblins jump out from the campfire's glow. If it gets too scary, tell yourself, it's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. Watch Are You Afraid of the Dark today at 5, 4 Central. Only on Nick. back did we yeah. enjoy our s'mores and hot sure. dogs i did yeah a little hot cocoa mm-hmm. a little hot cocoa by the fire hoffman's out of syracuse that's hoffman's yeah is that their hot dog that's the syracuse buffalo's got the salins rochester's right, got that, the wardinsky syracuse guys the hoffman's. yeah they got hoffman's the, are the really good Weigel's. yeah oh yeah. wardinsky it's weigels yeah 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 syracuse has the hoffman's and hoffman's that's weird good. they're good I'm, though. i've never had a hoffman's they're, hot dog they're good Man, we are truly blessed in Western New York yeah, with with are. good hot dogs. We're Salins, rich with Zweigels. We're rich with hot dogs. They are. We really are. Even Nathan's isn't bad. Like yeah. it's it's my least favorite of the New York State hot rich dogs. Rich in hot dogs, but it's still good. Yes. No, my, not so much in money. No. Nope. No. My, <laughs> no. my, my, my or son, industry. Wow. This uh, this Salem sure tastes good with rust. <laughs> yes. Yes. My, my son today asked me, "Dad, do you know what I'm thinking about?" And I said, "No, buddy. What are you thinking about?" He goes. It's long and round. <laughs> and I said, think about hot dogs, big guy? He goes, yes. <laughs> so even as my, my three-year-old is, is fixated on hot dogs. Yeah. You want to you go to Ted's, buddy? <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, Ted's is so good. But yes. Uh, wait, what, what's the South Towns? Because uh, Ted's is, feels like more of a North Town. No, no, we have Ted's. Oh, you do have Ted's? Oh, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Yeah, Ted's no. is great. Yeah. Ted's is a cat's pajamas. There's also a place, a little like shack of a place on Lake Erie called... Uh, Red Top. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah? Route 5. Yeah, Route 5. That's really good, too. And, it's, yeah. uh, and they, I mean, it's a great hot dog place, but what do they serve? It's the same Salem's hot dogs that Ted's do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Ted's yeah. does. Um, so. But yeah, what's the full-on hot dogs, ready to talk about some episodes. That's right. That's right. So, Trey, why don't we start with you? What was okay. one episode that, uh, that that you watched that you especially enjoyed? Um, I watched uh, The Tale of Old Man Corcoran. Okay. And um, I... That was the one with like doing, uh, playing hide and seek in a graveyard. In the graveyard, okay. In the graveyard in the woods, because um, its twist ending, like, was the first one I think I like realized it was a twist. Mm. At the end, like, you know, some of them they have the twist endings where everything's okay, and then you look and it's like, oh, something's still scary. Yeah, something this is one still just there. Yeah, ends on a twist. You don't get to oh, everything's okay. It's just like mm-hmm. twist faded black. It's like right oh. instead of so. Sometimes the, the twist in these episodes is just that it's in, it's not concluded. Right. There's still more to the story that we aren't getting. Right. 
but but you're talking here actual real twist. Yeah. So the yeah. yeah, the twist. Yeah. So the the premise of this is that two kids move to a new neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't made many friends yet, other than the two of them that themselves, their brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of these days, one day, this group of kids bikes down their street and introduces themselves and says, "We play a game of hide and seek at the foot of the foot of Anchor Street." We meet there at sundown every night, and we play hide-and-seek. So come play with us if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, they go, they show up, it turns out it's a graveyard. And they play in the graveyard. Sweet. And one of the hide-and-seekers tells them the story, the legend of Old Man Corcoran, the mm-hmm. old cemetery caretaker who was digging a grave one day when the sides collapsed on him. Mm-hmm. And he was buried alive. But you can still hear him playing his harmonica out by his shack. I love this stuff. <laughs> this is, I love this kind of and spooky if quiet, campfire stories. You can hear him. Oh. So they're playing hide and seek, and the kids hear the harmonica. Mm-hmm. So they follow the sound of the harmonica, and there is this old man Corcoran shack, and they see old man Corcoran, and he's really like he's made up. He's like the the actor is just made up. He looks as pale as a ghost. Like his. His clothes, his face, everything is that shade of like almost that shade of like ethereal blue that if yeah. you saw a ghost on TV, it looks like yeah. that. Yeah, just like al- almost white blue. Yeah, like yeah. almost white blue, like this mm-hmm. just deathly pallor. And mm-hmm. um, they see him, and they see him like you know pick up his harmonica from where he leaves it on the stump and play it. So he they thought, oh, we saw him, and they tell all the kids, you know, we saw old man Corcoran. And they're like, it's just a legend. We were just messing with you. Let's get back to playing hide and seek, you know. But old man Corcoran scared him out of the graveyard. Mm-hmm. They're like, we were just screwing with you. So they go back there again. And they're like, we're going to steal that harmonica this time. So they do. It's ballsy. They get out there. They go. They sneak into his cabin. They steal that harmonica. He catches him, chases him through the graveyard. The whole time, like, it, it was when they were, you know, they were it in hide and seek. So they're there and they, they're in the middle of this game of hide and seek, but you don't see the rest of the kids. So they run and they fall into this grave. Hmm. And the kid who's with him is hiding him and says, get out of here. This is my hiding spot. And they're like, we found old man Corcoran. I have his harmonica. Look at this. She's like, I don't care. Get out of my hiding spot. This is my grave. And like, mm-hmm. they go, well, sorry. We didn't see your name on it. And they're walking away. And they go, you should, she says, you should have looked closer. Ooh. Uh-huh. First creepy thing. So they're walking yeah. back. Another kid pops up and says, hey, guys. He's like, look, we found old man Corcoran's harmonica. He says, get in here. And, and the kid says, get in here and hide. We're going to hide from him here get near and hide and all of a sudden old man corcoran comes up behind him and takes the harmonica what are you doing with my harmonica well we were playing hide and seek and some friends told you about you we just they didn't think they think you're a ghost you don't exist we would show them you exist which friends i don't i don't see any other kids around here they name them off that's not funny <laughs> they've all died i dug the graves myself and they turn uh... around and their friend's grave his pictures on the front of the grave 1965 to 1978. Uh, uh, yes. And then fade to black. Yes. That is very large Marge. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. I love that stuff. Oh, I love those kinds of ghost stories like yeah. that. Man. Those, uh, I, I, you don't get enough of those today, I don't think. No. I, I would love to, to see just some more pure ghost stories. Yeah. And it's just like a ghost story. It's, you know, the tropes are all there. 
Yeah. Like, I, when you're six and you're watching, don't realize, oh, these kids are dead. But then the yeah. hint, when you're watching, rewatching, oh, the hints are all there. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But you don't realize it when you're six, but it's, right. it's, it's you know, nothing groundbreaking, and, and but, not... but the atmosphere of the graveyard. Yeah. Because the whole thing is, it's other than a one scene, like a couple scenes of the day when the kids show up to invite them to play hide and seek, everything is in this dark, shadowy graveyard and forest. Just trees and tall, like, it's not a well-maintained i mean the grass isn't well-maintained the grass is tall in this graveyard it's not it's like craggly and it's not smooth and like pristine it's all like grown over every there's overgrowth all over this graveyard because it's just this old man digging the graves and stuff he's not and you know chopping wood for whatever reason at his cabin that's awesome Mm -hmm. but it's just and it's just um I mean, it's just—it's just spooky. It's all—it's yeah. all atmosphere, yeah. which is great. That's the way you—that's the way you want to do it. Because I mean, we yeah. all kind of all know the ghost story tropes, right? So the way to sell it is it's atmosphere. Play it straight. Yeah. Play it real straight. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, Andy, you watched uh, the case of the uh, the tale of the curious camera. Right? I did. Was that the one you wanted to talk about first? Yeah, I'll talk about that first. Yeah. So it, it's just like I stated earlier. It's this kid who gets pushed around, and he's got. No spine. He gets made fun of. He doesn't fight back. He gets treated like dirt, and he just kind of takes it. Mm-hmm. He gets his picture taken on school picture day. Gets the pictures back, and uh, he's not in it. The picture is the background and nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah. And so he confronts the photographer about it and says, "Hey, I'm mad about this." And the photographer is kind of a jerk. He's like, "Look, I don't give refunds." Uh, and and looking at this picture and knowing you, uh, of course it's like this because you're you're basically invisible. Like. Why Why wouldn't your picture turn out like this? Harsh. And he goes, but you know what? I'm not going to completely screw you over. I'm going to I'm gonna give you this. Here, take this camera. And he's like, it's mine. And he goes, only if you really want it. He goes, oh, I do. I really want it. So he gives him this camera. And of course, this is a magical camera. And everything that you take a picture of uh, is destroyed. So he takes yeah. a picture of, um, he takes a picture of a lamp. And the when it's developed, it's like a kind of like a Polaroid style camera. takes a picture that the lamp is broken next thing you know the lamp breaks takes a picture of the sliding glass door in his house next thing you know a baseball comes through it Um, Mm. so he kind of realizes fairly quickly and his first instinct is going through his yearbook trying to decide who at school to take it take the picture of oh which is doesn't age well (laughs) no it's dark yeah and so he does he actually the one main kid who torments him which is like this preppy ginger kid um, Ferndeck. For, yes, exactly. <laughs> for Doyle rules. Seth Ferndeck, if you're listening. Yes. So this preppy ginger kid, uh, he takes his picture and in, in the locker room. And no one questions why this kid has a camera in a locker room, but he does. Yeah. And the next thing you know, um, the some lockers tip over and crush this this kid. Not to death. He's just yeah. broke a leg or something. And he can't yeah. be in school. So that's how it got it, rid of him in his life, by hurting him so he couldn't come to school. Exactly. Yeah. So he's... So I think that that freaked him out, and he realized, well, we have to get rid of this thing, and he's trying to get rid of the camera. I'm sure the original draft was it killed him, <laughs> and Nickelodeon was probably like, no, no you can't you do can't that. You can't kill the ginger, and yeah. Nickelodeon's like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah. um, no, then uh, he accidentally snaps a picture of his parents, <gasps> and so then it shows, and they're off to the movies. They're about to leave to go to the movies, and he accidentally takes their picture, and it develops, and it's like a picture of this terrible car wreck. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we have to do something, and so it's this mad like five minute dash of like we have to destroy this camera before, um, b- before the prophecy is fulfilled that the camera has laid out, 
and so they go through the different things and they they so they point a mirror at the camera and take the picture of it and we you, you find out at one point though there's a, actually like an evil gremlin living in the camera which is why this is happening <laughs> oh yeah. so yeah, well, the evil interesting so, twist so they point the the camera at a mirror and take the picture thinking the camera will destroy itself but yeah. the gremlin or whatever has jumped into a video camera <laughs> and is now like on a tripod on its own looking around the room and trying to find them. Oh my god. And so they find a way to destroy they like point multiple mirrors at the at the camera on the tripod and it explodes. <laughs> literally literally explodes. Sweet. In time before the parents can get run off the road by a tractor trailer that's that's tried to kill them. Um, and and they think all is well, all is good and the episode's just about over and then you see that this gremlin has jumped into the family computer. Uh-huh. And this is the origin of 4chan. Oh, no! <laughs> Are you oh, no. the dark started 4chan? Yeah, oh, no. basically, basically. Yes, that oh, is. Oh, God. Uh, yes. Oh, um, man, kill it. Kill it with fire. Exactly. So, yeah, that that was the episode. It was very... It was similar to the Goosebumps uh, camera. Say cheese and die. Say cheese and yeah. die. And there was, like, multiple... Uh, there are a lot of similarities between some of them. Yeah, but yeah. that would... Yeah, it, it was just uh, it was very similar in that respect. But it was same same thing we talked about earlier. It was just it, he was never in any specific danger, but it was his his parents. Yeah. He had endangered them because this thing had an auto timer and he wasn't paying attention. And he's like, "Where are you going, guys?" <laughs> Took their picture and then he freaks out. Yeah, a lot of kids having to deal with the consequences of whatever they're doing. Right? Yes, yeah. right. The consequences of their carelessness. Yeah. Um, whether that's a bad wish that they made yeah. or uh, just, you know, being kids. Uh, exactly. Not thinking that far ahead. Yeah. Um, th- which are unique decisions, decisions that I don't think adults would make. Right. But ki- they are decisions that kids would make. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, but just that... that very very that, uh, coy uh, observation. That angle of, though, of like, I have a camera that kills things. Whose picture should I take? Yeah, school? right, right. Like, that is... Which is definitely the way a kid would think of it because they don't think of death that way. No. Right. You and know? In, and in what, 1991, 1992, that right. was a fairly benign th- yeah. a story yeah. idea for television. Yeah, right. Obviously, yeah. that is not the world we live After in. After April 1999, you could not do that. Right. Anymore. Correct. Um, and certainly not in the years since because it's a trend. Right. Um, anyway. Before I get too depressed, oh, cool. but uh, yeah, good, uh, good, uh, good, good pick there, Andy. That's yeah. I, I'm learning all these different these Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, and I want to go back and watch because it really is. It's been so much fun for me to, to revisit, yeah. mm-hmm. um, especially if you watch them and kind of put your mind in into like a kid's like yeah. put your headspace into like a kid's headspace. They hold like up that. a bit. It's, it's, they really do. It's fun. It's. It's the kind of fun um, you get out of watching sincerely told ghost stories yes. or, or spooky tales, and it's it made me giddy while I was watching it. I yeah. was just so happy watching watching these these uh, just you know sincerely told spooky tales. Uh, but uh, one of the episodes I watched uh, was I revisited the one that spooked me the most. That was the tale of the midnight madness. Ah, yes. That was one that uh, gave me chills for years. Um, especially because the movie that the vampire comes out of in this episode was a real movie. They don't show any clips of the real movie in it, but they reshoot they make their it. Own scenes. They make their own scenes, which just as good, no, just, a, just as well, I should right. say. It's like a, good. I'm not gonna say a that special director's Murnau. cut. Yeah, oh. right, right. So the episode is uh, there is this uh, this repertory movie theater, this art house movie theater shows a lot of old movies. 
and they are falling on hard times. Nobody really comes in, and the customers they do get are pretty grumpy about having to spend time there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're just like, like ah, I'll see you next, see you next week, and like, yeah, like why are you still going here then? Yeah. Um, but they hate yeah. watch every movie. Yeah, they just <laughs> yeah. Butler and Waldorf of this theater. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Every- they don't want to go, but they go to heckle. But uh, you know, they're talking about you know, and hey, we're gonna have to close soon, and the the the, the one guy who who works there is actually really into the movies and really wants to save this and tries so hard. Right. Like he even goes to try to get it declared a historical landmark. You know, he goes uh-huh. through that, that, that legwork. Um, and it just isn't happening until one day a knocking comes upon the door mm. and it is a scraggly haired man who is, uh, Dr. Fink, Dr. Fink. No, Dr. Vink with a vava. And he comes in and he uh, he says that he's made a lot of movies in the past, which would mean that he is impossibly old <laughs> um, because silent movies stopped being a, a regular thing in about 1929. Right. So this would make him in 1992, 1993, probably over 100 years old. Well, um, possible, I almost, guess. I, well, it depends. Anyway, he comes in and he says... Uh, I would like to show my movies here. You know, I have, um, I, you know, I have these these films I'd love to show. And uh, at first, they're like, "Get out of here, you loon!" Like, like, beat it. And he's just like, "Well, I'll just keep these here for you." And uh, he does this great speech. Like, he is so good at just being, like, maniacally classy. Uh-huh. Uh, like, he like there's there's this one line that really stuck out to me in my second time of watching it, where he said like. My movies, I, I like to think that my movies inspire the imagination instead of bludgeoning it. And just, <laughs> uh, like, oh, what a great juicy line! Um, but uh, so one, they're showing a film, they're like showing a western or whatever, and the film breaks yeah. one night. Like, uh, fine, we'll, uh, you can have a full refund, but uh, but but if you'll stay, we'll show you this movie, you know. Right. We'll show you this other movie that we got. This this one of a kind film. Uh, it's a it's a silent movie, you know. And some of them are just like, oh, gross! I'm leaving <laughs> now. Um, but uh, they stay, and it's Nosferatu, the Demon Vampire. Yeah. Um, which is based off of the real movie, 1922's Nosferatu, Ein Symphony des Grauens, <laughs> or uh, a, a Nosferatu, a Symphony of Horror. Yeah. By F. W. Murnau. And uh, in this case, it's by Dr. Vink. Um, but anyway, and so the film does gangbusters and all of a sudden, like by word of mouth, it's getting more and more people coming in to, to see this creepy old movie. And uh, Dr. Vink comes in and he says, ah, yes, I see it's done your business good. And and the, and, uh, and the owner of the theater says like, yeah, it's great, but uh, we're not showing you other movies. Because like, that's, that's what he said. He said like, if the movie's a success, if the movie does yeah. bring in business, I want one night a week to show my films. That's all I want. And I don't. I don't want money, you know. And and he said, and the the owner says like, uh, he says like, I'll come on, I'll just I'll just buy you out. You want some of the take? Like I'll give you some of the take. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I'm showing first run features now, man. Like I don't want to. I don't want to show hoary old movies. Yeah, but I, and, did, I that does stuck out in my mind because he's like yeah. he's like if it does well. Yeah, I'll give you a whole weekend or something like yeah, that. Right. something like that. Oh like, yeah, he's, he's like chewing the, the, the scenery when he says the line. He's got this like fake New York accent. Yeah, he's, in he's there. like, I'm not going to pay you that money. I'm not, I'm not giving you one night a week when I got first run features I can show. 
And then, uh, but then Doctor Vink retorts back like, "I don't want your popcorn money," which is great. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and, and so uh, he said, "Like you'll regret your decision." And he backs out, and sure enough. Uh, the guy, the uh, the kid who's who's watching it, who's like really into to movies, really into this theater, he just stays up one, you know, he stays late one night to watch it, you know, just because he's he thinks it's a great movie and he yeah. wants to learn the cinematography, right? And he falls asleep while that's happening, and uh, as he sort of comes to, he can see something sort of weird, as though the vampire is coming out of the picture, and uh, sure enough, he did. <laughs> Right. And he goes and he and he kills the manager. <laughs> oh wow! He, yeah, like he, they go in to find it, and they and I remembered it being much more bloody than it actually was. was in, yeah. in my memory, it was a pool of blood. But you can oh, see sure. the yeah. marks on his neck. But you yeah. can see the mark on, marks on his neck. Yeah. And you go there, and, and the girl who's with him is like, "Oh, gross." <laughs> Which, yeah. uh, by the way, there is like a small subplot of like this guy crushing on the girl right. he works with, of course, uh, and he's uh, charmingly. Uh, uh, stuttering, of course, when he tries to ask her out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, oh, and by the way, uh, interracial couple. Yes. The, the boy, the boy is black, and the girl is white. Well, they did that a lot on that show. They, which uh, kudos to them. A lot of African American uh, protagonists. Yeah. I mean, I, I I shouldn't be surprised. It's Canada who seems farther right. ahead on. Yeah, farther ahead on social issues. issues. Yeah. Uh, at least five years ahead, no matter what, no matter how many advancements we uh, we make in America. Yeah. But um, How about it? But yeah, a, a lot of uh, African American protagonists on this. A lot. Yeah, a lot. De- definitely. Um, and that that was something that DJ McHale said he insisted on. Yeah. Because he said he just wanted real kids. And yeah. Real kids are all they're they're everybody. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, the vampire comes out and they think about like how how can we stop this this from happening? Yeah. And, and the thing that really creeped me out as a kid is they would just open a door and he would be there. You yeah. know, and he seemed to be able to teleport. Yeah. You know, and that freaked me out a lot as a kid. Um, but uh, the uh, the you know the, the protagonist of the story, like he gets the bright idea, is like I'm gonna I'm gonna get him where he lives. Like you know, so he decides like I'm gonna go into the movie. So he does, and he like he he was able to go in the movie, and the girl's begging him not to do that, but he doesn't listen. He's like, no, I've seen this movie, I I know, and sure enough, he gets in there. And they do end up defeating him. He pulls back the drapes, and the sunlight comes through, and he turn he turns into yeah he turns into vapor, which yep. is actually what happens in the 1922 right. movie. Right. If you were to see the the real Nosferatu movie, that is what happens at the end. Right. He turns into he uh, the sunlight kills him. Right. But uh, then you know, so good good for you, good job. He comes out of the movie, and Doctor Vink is there the whole time, and he's just clapping. He's, like, <laughs> he's sitting in the seat, right? Yeah. And it turns out the manager, you know, it's, it undoes the manager's death, and he yeah. comes back, and you, the like the holes aren't there anymore. But he's kind of rubbing his neck, <laughs> and you're like ah, something's not right, you know. <laughs> and uh, and he says, you know, maybe uh, I'll let you have that one night a week. And he's like, oh. I believe I'll be having more than that. And he pulls out the deed and he's like, I'll be showing my nights, my movies every night. And I've got some that are far better than this one. And, and it's, boy, oh boy. Oh, what a, it's, it's just a juicy role for him. I wanted uh, to know what the rest of the movies were. I know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's like, what, what are the other ones? The other ones, like, is one of them like a pastiche of Caligari? Yeah. Like, um, is one of them like a golem story? Like, I want to know. Yeah. Um, 
but man, it's just uh, the the kid actors in it are terrific. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Vink, of course, is it's great. He's Doctor Vink. It's, yeah. He's amazing. Um, and uh, the guy who the Nosferatu makeup is terrifying. Yeah, it really is. Um, what I remember about that, I there's I think it's a scene. Yeah. Is where the hand comes around a corner on the yes. door, and you see the hand like slowly clasp, and just see this like white as white can be fingers, and with yeah. the nails, yeah, these and, like, long spindly fingers, fingers. Like it almost looks like there's a there's like scars on them, and it's click click click. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's terrific. I really recommend you watch it. It definitely is not as scary as I remembered it being as a kid, no. um, but, but it is still it's a well told story. Yeah. Um, one of the best episodes. It also is, um, if you ever watched a horror movie and thought, like, I bet I could outlive this or whatever, <laughs> this kid actually got to fulfill that dream of right. where he got to rewrite the horror movie right. by being a real hero in it, you know? Uh-huh. Which is pretty cool. Like, if, if if you were a kid thinking about, like, yeah, I would I, I would beat the killer, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this kid actually gets to in this episode, which is pretty cool. Like, that's, that's a neat twist. Right. That's and the vampire, the like, Nosferatu comes out, like, because it's, it's a different cut. So, in the end, Nosferatu wins, right? Yes, right. And, so, and it, 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 that's something he says, in my movie, the vampire wins. Right. You know? And so, like, right, he comes out at the end. Yeah. That's why, like, if he if he didn't fall asleep, he could have cut the film. Right. Before, right? So, like, you don't, he fell asleep and the, noticed after he won after the credits roll. Like, he came back and was like, oh. Yes, and yes. Just the way he walked with his hand like this. Yeah, this is very... Very like that's kind of how he walks in the real movie. Yeah, a he lot did a of, very good job. A lot of, of long shadows, yeah. a lot of uh, um, exaggerated shots. He did a very good job of imitating Sh- Max Shrek, Max mm-hmm. uh, which Shrek means horror in German. Oh, really? His name is Max Horror. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, Germans, man, they uh, know how to do it. That was that was a good one. Yeah, or, or fear. That's what it is. Fear. Isn't it? fear. Max, Max fear. Max wow. fear. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's mine. Uh, I noticed we're kind of going a little bit long in, on our on our discussion, so let's uh, maybe pick one more, that, right. or maybe go through like a couple honorable things you want to yeah. make mention of real quick before um, you talk about your final one. Some of my honorable mentions. I mean, I mentioned it before. I mentioned the tale of the whispering walls. Yeah, that's watched, pretty cool. I'm I watched watch a couple one. other ones that weren't as great, but I watched them because imagery stuck in my head. Uh, the yes. tale of the sorcerer's apprentice. Which has this very stark image of this carved wooden snaff, staff made to look like a cobra hmm. and a jewel inside its mouth with an open mouth and it glows red and mm-hmm. hypnotizes people because they're trying to bring back the ancient sorcerer Goth mm-hmm. to run and wreak havoc on the world. And he needs to steal a bunch of um, mercuric acid from Naturally. the science department. Course. To pour sure. into the pool and bring them back to life. Uh, um, and another one, it was ended up being kind of silly, called The Tale of the Magician's Assistant. Hmm. And I always just remembered, and I don't never watched it much, but I remembered, just, I always had this image in my head of one episode, a kid riding up on his bicycle to this trailer that had, like, Shandu the Magnificent written on it. And hmm. heading up to, this, to work for this magician but riding up to his trailer on the back of a truck, like in the middle of a city park. And like, like it just seemed like that's, that's where you'd go find, that's where magicians live. <laughs> they have a truck trailer. They just live in there. Yeah. Like this, that this like magic place that ends up being like a portal to another dimension oh, is cool. on the back of a truck. And I, it's, it's funny. It's like one of those 
tents in Harry Potter that's this like big house because he yeah. walks into this trailer and obviously it's bigger than what it looks like and th- yeah. that's there's no thing made of that but it just it was there's far more room in this trailer than it looks like if you sit because it looks like it's on the back of a pickup truck yeah <laughs> there's far more room in this trailer than like what he walks into um and i always remembered that but that wasn't um it was another it was a good episode a silly episode but that was just one i remembered and i like yeah. i remembered imagery from it so i wanted to rewatch it because i was like what was about that i know i i remember the beginning of it very well but i didn't remember the rest of it yeah, it yeah. was okay uh, the other one I watched was one of the ones I, I really liked, and I don't think, I don't know if, I, I don't think it ever, like, I never remember it being repeated much, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it was ever one of the more popular ones. I don't, I don't, it wasn't certainly not on repeat like, um, like the Chameleon was, was on all, that was one of the episodes that was repeated a lot, or the Tale yeah. of Shiny Red Bicycle, or all the Vink ones were repeated a lot. Yes, they were. But it was the Tale of the Dream Machine, um... This guy's parents buy a new house, an old crumbling house. And uh, he and his friend one day are walking, uh, are going upstairs to his room. And the stairs give way. And under the stairs, there's a secret room. There's newspaper clippings on the mall. Mystery writer disappears. Mm. You know, he disappeared just before this other book, before he wrote like his final book. Um, But they find his old typewriters down there. And of course, the protagonist loves to write stories. So they bring it, uh, and it's an Asian American. Okay. So, oh yeah, um, more diversity. So more diversity. All right, cool. Um, and Asian American, his best friend is black. <laughs> so it's just like all diversity Man, for the episode. Yeah. Uh, and um, so he goes upstairs and he starts uh, typing stories on this typewriter, and he's typing the story sort of like a, a, a horror story, like about a, a the girl he likes in him. And she's asleep at home, and she starts dreaming about what he's writing about. And and at the end, you know, like he's like a vampire, he goes to bite her neck. But then, like you know, he it because it's the dream, it doesn't happen. You know, he's yeah. like, and with this kiss, she will be mine forever, or something like that. And so she mentions it. You know, I had a weird dream about you. You were a vampire, and you went to bite my neck. And he's like, huh, this is weird. And he tells his friend about it. Like this yeah. is just. You know, like it's weird. And he's like, "Oh, it's a." The friend's like, "Ah, it's a coincidence." And he's like, "Ah, I'm gonna get to work. Words. I'm gonna work on this story. We got to write for English class." Yeah. And he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna hang out a bit." And I'm reading. A, he's reading a comic book, so he starts to write this story. And his friend falls asleep. The story ends up being about his friend who sneaks into a, a graveyard on a dare to search for the grave of Blind Paul. Okay. And in the story, like he finds Blind Paul, and Blind Paul shoves him into a open grave and starts burying him alive. And his Friend wakes up. Is like, oh, I just had the weirdest dream. He's like, was it this? He reads the story. And it's like, I, t- I type it and everybody dreams it. So like, he he works. He realizes he dreams it. But then his friend reads the other story about him and the girl he likes. Hmm. While he's reading it, they don't fall asleep. They go into the story. Huh. Oh, cool. <laughs> so like, what a that, cool twist so on he, that. He writes it and dreams it. When you read it, it happens. So they huh. disappear from where they are, like a puff of smoke, and they're in the story. Wow. And the friend doesn't notice that they disappeared. He's reading it with their back to him. And they're like, right before the end, he stops. He's like, oh, this is getting pretty gruesome. And they come back, and he's like, oh, you know. If you wow. read it, it happens. And they realize, oh, I turned that paper in, and the teacher's <gasps> reading it at the school. Oh, and the friend no. just disappears. And they have to go, you know, type, the, they have to, like, go type the, uh, the, go find the teacher keeper from reading it. But she's reading the story. She's walking That's around with genius. it. So they can't find it in the pile of the papers. So he's what a cool story. So he has to then 
write a new <laughs> ending and read it. Like he reverses it by like writing yeah. a new quick ending and reading it. Like, oh, and then he, and then the typewriter, <laughs> and then the typewriter disappeared, and nobody ever got disappeared in any stories. Everybody was fine. Yeah, and it's like oh, he comes back out. He's like not buried in the grave anymore. Yeah, he's like oh. I'm alive. Man, like, can you imagine? So they do like, that type of stuff, and I, I, because I was a kid who liked to write my own Goosebumps books and yeah. stuff like that. Like, sure. I love that idea of just oh, it's, this guy likes to write like I do. Yeah, and like, oh, it's cool. It'd be cool if you had a typewriter. And, and or what the a type stuff you typed out, it came true. And what a successful episode writer. Yeah. To to set to set it up to set that up, establish the rules, and make a story in it all within twenty two minutes. Yep. Yeah, that's really talent. That's a, that's a really talented writer yeah. right there who could do that successfully. Yeah. It was Man. good. That's really that impressive. was another one, and I like I, I that one always stuck with me. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if it was ever. I want to watch that popular. one. You guys are just giving me a big list of episodes yeah. I want to watch. Go back and 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 rewatch the Tale of the Dream Machine. I, I, I gotta watch one up. with with Katie because like I she my you know my wife is very um she's kind of a weenie when it comes okay. to horror yeah. or of any kind. Um, she doesn't like me telling this, but too bad. I love you, honey. Um, she, one Halloween night, this is before we were married. Uh, I had her watch the 1931 Dracula with me, okay. which I didn't think could scare anyone anymore, but <laughs> it just terrified her. <laughs> um, in fact, it said, it, she said it terrified her until we got married because, um, because she said uh, Dracula never goes after married women, so she was safe now. <laughs> so he sure. doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Okay. He, he he's, he's always a, looking for a new bride. He's a gentleman, but he respects really. he respects somebody if they're married. <laughs> right, right. He is, he, a, he yes. is a gentleman. He, he, he respects the institution of marriage. He's yes. an evil. Yes. he's an evil, godless creature. Yeah, but he but he's respectful. Of he's yeah. respectful. Right. What a gentleman. Right. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I, I really want to watch and An know, Hour of Fear of the Dark his, with her. And he's in an open relationship. He lets his brides do whatever they want. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but he, he's no, seen... nope, she's married. I'm not going to go after her. Yeah. I just want the no. single one. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, but yeah, I really want her to see an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with me. Just oh, to yeah. see like what scared me as a kid or like what freaked me out uh, also, as a kid. In, but in the ta- I, I got to find one that wouldn't, because I know yeah. the ghastly grinner would just be too much for her. The Tale of the Dream Machine I don't think would be too yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I really liked about that the kid, the, the protagonist, he had a cool room. Like his room had this little like alcove in it where he had a table yeah. set up with his typewriter. Like it was a big room. It was like an attic bedroom. N- Nickelodeon was good at that. So stuff. he had this like little alcove. I was like, that's a cool room. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nickelodeon would, was really good about that. Like making things like like Disney. I feel like would make things too cool. Like that was yeah. sort of like not realistic anymore you know this room has got a secret panel where all my like where i yeah. push behind it and here's my computer like his computer pops out of the secret panel in the yeah. wall yeah <laughs> but like uh like clarissa, clarissa explains it always like that she's like man she's got a cool room yeah. and like her her friend comes up through a ladder like yeah. that's awesome like <laughs> like that's that's something a little bit more attainable yeah, <laughs> you know um, yeah, but the Disney ones, yeah. Secret, yeah, like, the Disney ones were just a little. little like, didn't over Urkel the top. like if they saw Urkel's bedroom on ABC? Didn't have like a bunch of secret panels in it or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. where he had his science experiments. Probably. Right. Yeah. That's a little Ooh. little much. Yeah. Or even like my sister would watch the show called um, "The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody." Oh. Just like Garbage. this is like yeah, if you were a one percenter, maybe <laughs> like trash. Yeah. Television. Yeah. I don't. I never liked the the Disney stuff as much. But anyway, yeah, the Tale of the Dream Machine. I recommend. Yeah, I really want to see that. 
You're making me want to watch that. Written by Kiki, told by Gary, because Kiki's got laryngitis. Oh, is that the one? Yeah. I remember there was one like that. Oh, man. So Gary's like reading the story that Kiki has written. Yeah. Gary was very cool to me as a kid. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the guy still I could is. be like. Yeah. He's like is, a meteor- is, is he in things still? Well, he's a meteorologist. So like, is he, he really? He's on, the t- he's on TV every night still. He's like, really? a, he's like a weatherman. That's awesome. Out of Toronto, I it, think. Like where? Like a Windsor or something? Oh, I, I think it might be out of Toronto. Like... Ooh, the big time. Yeah. yeah he's, oh, yeah. He's like a weatherman. Good for him. He's like a popular that's, Canadian weatherman. That's fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> Man, he's living a good life. Yep. <laughs> living the best life. Yeah. Andy, you got a second one for me? I do. Yes. Um, it you, was, they, you weren't able to get and watch any others. So there's no, like no I wasn't. Yeah, honorable these are the mentions only, on yours. Okay. I don't have any honorable mentions. Okay. Um, yeah, these are the only two I had uh, the opportunity to watch this week. I watched The Tale of the Zombie Dice. Tale of... Like the game that we play? No, no. There's an actual like <laughs> game you can go to your local store and buy called Zombie Night. It's right. not that game. Yeah. Um, and first of all, I, I want to point out that one of the members of the Midnight Society is a very young Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert. Yes. Oh from, yes. You might know her from uh, the the movie uh, mid aughts movie, um, The Girl Next Door. door. She's on Happy Endings. Happy Endings, is a great is how show. I, mm-hmm. I know her from Happy Endings primarily because that's just a really twenty four. Really she is Jack Bauer's daughter, I think. I yes. Oh really? She's Jack yeah. Bauer's daughter. Twenty four. Um, no, I think she's dynamite. I, I, I like her quite a bit. But I, so I saw her there. I was like, holy smokes, that's a young Alicia Cuthbert. But huh. uh, yeah, so the story is uh, there's a kid who loves to take bets. He never backs down from a challenge. Mm, he, dangerous. He, you, you bet this kid and he compulsively will take that bet. Um, and he's got this best friend who uh, he calls a granny because he is too scared to ever take a bet. He won't bet on anything. At one point they show they're in a restaurant and the kid who likes to bet says to his buddy, I bet you this restaurant closes at 7 o'clock. And they're looking at a sign that says restaurant closes at 6. Mm-hmm. Looking at the sign. And the kid who's afraid to take a bet won't take the bet. <laughs> and so it's 6 o'clock strike 6. The restaurant closes. He goes, you won't take a sure thing. Yeah. Like, you are too chicken to even take a sure thing. What's the matter with you? So while they're at this establishment, it's a, it's a video arcade, actually, uh, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's yeah. like early '90s video arcade. Oh, beautiful! Which is yes. dynamite. Beautiful. And so this really creepy proprietor of this establishment walks up and is like, "Oh, you like you like games and you like to make bets? Well, I have a game for you. Mm. And it's essentially like you you play zombie dice with me. Uh, if you win, you get the run of this place for an entire year. Every uh, kid's dream. And if you lose, I get your thumbprint." Okay. And, a weird and, deal. Yes, it's a very <laughs> weird deal. So the the they they do leave without taking the bet, but it like haunts this kid for the next twenty four hours. And after school the next day, he races back. He's gonna do this. And zombie dice essentially is there are these. It's a regular die, a two a set of dice, and there's a skull on one side of each dice. The rest of the sides are blank, and okay. you have to roll the two dice uh, three times. If the skull comes up even one time, you lose. Okay. You have to roll three times and, and come up with... So six dice have to come up with the blank sides. And two one roll is fine. Two rolls are fine. Third roll, uh, he gets a skull. And mm-hmm. so he's ushered into the back Makes of, sense with a one in six chance of that happening. Exactly. <laughs> on each so, roll. So he... He wa- he has to, he's escorted to the back of the building where he uh, the, deep into the establishment where he has to put his thumb down. He puts his thumb down and he can't lift his thumb off the pad. And the guy says, "When you own someone's thumbprint, you own them." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I stopped. I was like, 
I was not aware that was a thing. Yeah. And neither did this kid. Oh, man. And so essentially what Would it is... Would you like to take a bet, Parks? No. <laughs> so apparently what, the, what the, the long and short of it is, you put your thumbprint down, this machine shrinks you down to about six inches tall, and you are sold as a pet elsewhere whoa wow yes that is quite a twist so, human pets so this so the, the the kid who doesn't bet is worried about his friend he goes that's a creepy dude i don't like him alone with that guy like something bad's gonna happen so he and his younger brother go looking for him younger brother is just content to like play with the soda fountain and doesn't mm-hmm. want to do anything <laughs> and so the 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 the, the non-betting brother goes looking for his friend um goes deep into the establishment finds his friend is shrunk down to his tiny size and the proprietor's like, "Well, you want to get your you want to get your friend back? Play some zombie dice with me." <laughs> and and he goes, "If you you know if you win, you take your friend. If I win, I get the both of you." And so he plays. And so he he's gonna play zombie dice. He goes, "Well, if it's a fair game and it's not rigged at all, you throw the dice, not me." Uh, and the guy's like, "Okay." He throws the dice. He wins. Okay. And so now this kid is lost. Is this kid's about to be shrunk down? Yeah. And he goes, "Wait." Let's do let's let's raise let's do a double or nothing. And he goes, "You have nothing else to wager with." And he goes, "I'll bet my younger brother." <laughs> <laughs> At this point I'm thinking, this kid's never bet in his life. Yeah. His second bet is the is the soul of his younger brother. Yeah. Jeez. And I'm like, "Okay, this is this is good." Yeah. And he goes, "Well, we're well, going to play some stakes. We're going to play a different game." And so the game that decides the fate of all three of these boys is a Mountain Dew drinking contest <laughs> because it is the early '90s. Oh my gosh! So essentially, what it is is it's um, it's uh, he gives the proprietor a small like when you go to a restaurant, and you get a small orange juice. It's like an impossibly tiny glass. Yeah. yeah. So it's I bet that I can drink two big mugs of Mountain Dew before you can drink your tiny glass of Mountain Dew. That's the game. Yeah. Okay. And, and and the rules are I can't touch your glass and you can't touch mine. So I can't like move your glass to the other side of the room or something. Yeah. And and you can't mess with mine. Like yeah. can't, we can't touch each other's glasses. But and you can't start drinking yours until I finished my first. Okay. And uh and so there's like, okay, fine, deal. And the kid drinks and he goes, Oh well hold on. Uh, I want to raise the stakes. I'll take this bet if you drink three mugs of root beer or three mugs of Mountain Dew before I drink my cup. Yeah. And the kid's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. I don't think I can do that. I guess I have to, fine. <laughs> and so he, and so the kid drinks his one mug of Mountain Dew, turns it over, and puts it upside down over top of the of the guy's small little yeah. glass. And because the other guy can't touch his mug, <laughs> he can't drink it. And so... Tr- That's brilliant. He tricks the guy. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, you cheated. He goes, no, we're operating completely inside my rules. I did not trick you. Yeah. And uh, and he... And so he That's saved... That's great. He saved, He's drinking his Mountain Dew while the, me, the bad guy just has to stare at him and say, no. Yeah. And like, no, no, this isn't fair. And the kid's just like casually drinking Mountain Dew. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and then like, so he's... And so the, 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 the friend who makes all the bets, he's freed and they all get to leave and his... Igor-like henchman who was working in the back grabs him and shrinks him down nice. and then sends him off and that's how it ends. Cool. <laughs> it's got a very satisfying and happy ending. But I'm just like, jeez, uh, this is a Mountain Dew drinking game to decide the fate of three middle schoolers. What a 90s concept. I know. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed it immensely because it was so, it was just, it was a, it was a fun twist that I didn't see coming. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate it. That, I'm telling you, that's what's so great about this, this show in particular is that like with the, I mean, don't get me wrong, I adore the Twilight Zone. Um, 
but uh, I, I feel like you can kind of, the, the story beats are a bit more familiar. It's still yeah. told ext- remarkably well. Yes. And obviously, Twilight Zone is the better show here. Oh, right. Um, well, but, Twilight uh, Zone's worldview yeah. is a little darker and yes. more negative. Yeah, which I guess you can't really have that when you're operating with kids, and it's also more um, in line with like adult fears, which are yes. kind, you know, you they're less imaginative. Mm-hmm. Adult fears are much less imaginative, yes, than chill than child's fears, right? And uh, with Are You Afraid of the Dark, you really have no idea where mm-hmm. these stories are going to end up. Oh, mm-hmm. no, you like, don't. no, but how, would you have ever guessed that this ended in a Mountain, Mountain Dew, Dew drinking, drinking contest? contest? No, and it was because. This guy wanted to sell kids as toys. Like, yeah, right. It's crazy. And I, there's, and, and I'm looking at the stakes of this episode, thinking like, okay, you're entering a contest. If you win, you get to run this video arcade. Like, not yeah. run it, but you get to do anything you want in a video arcade for a year. And if you lose, you get turned into a tiny person, and you're sold as a pet. Honestly, I, I know a lot of middle schools who would take that bet. Oh yeah, because you. Because they're like, well, the the benefit is so wonderful. Yeah, at least I would have considered nineteen nineties. Yeah, I, n- yeah. And speaking of like places, you're not able to tell where they're gonna go. So there's one episode, the tale of the bookish babysitter. I yes. the kid doesn't want to watch to watch TV, and the babysitter's like, no, we have to read. And like they're reading, all these stories are coming to life. Yeah, but there's this one that's not finished. So all yeah. this bad stuff happens to the story, and she's like, you have to finish it. You have to write it. And he starts trying to write these like convenient endings that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, and she's like, no. Got to do it better, but like I, yeah. I remember at one part, like the monsters were coming, so he went down to the basement where he had his Uzi. Yeah, yeah. his Uzi, and it's like, wait, as as an eight year old, you're like, you don't know what an Uzi is, and then when yeah. you're reconsidering it, when you're like maybe a teenager, like this kid's talking about a semi automatic weapon. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, this kid, I'm gonna go downstairs and get my Uzi. Oh my like, gosh! Like yeah. it just was like okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where's kids keeping a semi-automatic weapon in the basement? Ugh. But it's like, it's I, like it's like as a kid, it's like no, it's Uzi must be some sort of like weird magical form of Nickelodeon gack. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna throw at it. But no, the kid's talking about mowing them down. Yeah. with an Uzi. Yeah, <laughs> is that when like the bookish babysitter says no? No, you, you don't get yeah, to, you like, don't no. get to finish it that way. <laughs> she says yeah. no, <laughs> which is what every like executive of a Nickelodeon was saying. Yeah, no. we can't put Uzi in the hand so. of a child in this yeah. show. Yes, it'll probably help by the fact that a lot of kids probably didn't know what Uzi meant. <laughs> yeah. I know I didn't. When but I was like, that, when how I was is that age. part of like the script? Right, it's like this yeah. kid <laughs> just wants to go down and grab a gun. <laughs> Jeez. Well, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, um, like usually, like you can't even reference them on a kids show. Oh heavens, no! You, I mean, no, Nickelodeon. You can never gosh. have them, let alone reference. There, there, there are people on Are You Afraid of the Dark who like drink. They're they're yeah. they're not just referencing to drink, but showing people drinking alcohol. Yeah, uh, smoking cigars. Yep. Um, I believe in the tale of the Midnight Madness that the manager own like is constantly chewing on a stogie. You yeah. Know, like, mm-hmm. yep. um, yeah, yeah. There's which, cigars all over the laughing in the dark. Oh, yeah. Well, the the guy dies because of the cigar. Yep. In fact, that's how you know he's near is when you smell the stench of his stale C- cigars. Cigar, yeah. Um, which you could not do any of this. Oh, God. None of it. That had absolutely seen, none. I don't know why. I, I don't know how they did it then. Honestly, right? Like because and I don't know. It, it's funny t- that TV back then was very, especially like network yeah. and all that. They were very right. cautious about that side of kind of. And thing. then that tale of laughing in the dark actually had one of the scenes. I think the first had. That like grossed me out. It's when Zebo was trying to get his nose back, um, but the kid goes to like heat up some spaghetti and meatballs in the microwave, 
and he pulls the dish out and pulls the top off it, and it's just a bowl of cigars, <laughs> smoking cigars. I was like, Ugh. oh, jeez. Spaghetti and meatball to cigars. Ugh. I just want to vomit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gross. Just a bowl of cigars, hot hot cigars out of the microwave. Uh, they they were okay with amping up grossness oh, yeah. on that show. Oh, sure. They, they uh, had no qualms about it. Mm-hmm. So I watched, I overprepared. I watched seven episodes before coming ah. in here because I just got on a roll. Yes. Sweet. I watched, so I told you about the tale of the Midnight Madness. Yes. I saw the tale of the doll maker, which I really enjoyed. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Uh, especially the part, because it involves, like, there's sort of like a interdimensional portal to the dollhouse mm-hmm. that is in the house. Yeah, the door at the, to- at the top floor at, of the house At the top something? floor of the house. The door at the end of the hallway. It, right? it normally would just lead to nothing and you fall to your, you would fall yeah. to your doom. Um, but you open it and you can see inside the doll. Yeah, you right? can see inside, Yeah. You open it and you can see inside the dollhouse, and if you go inside, you get trapped, and then you slowly transform into a porcelain doll. Mm. In which case, the one girl has been in there for a little bit too long, and the the freakiest part is when she like pulls off her hand to show that it's just a doll's hand, like her own hand is just a doll's. Yep. Hand. Creepy, yeah, that's very creepy, unsettling, yeah. Um, uh, the tale of the pinball wizard freaked me out as a kid. It's a kid who gets uh, he stays in the mall too late and uh he plays this he 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 wants to work at this guy's like curio like curio shop and he yeah. has a pinball machine is in the back right? it's in the back of the pin yeah it's this cool it. like one of a kind pinball machine and he plays it anyway and then uh you know the then he tries to get out of the mall but it's empty except for strange things start to happen that are eerily reminiscent of what happened in the pinball game mm-hmm. Uh, like the plot of the pinball game, which, you know, if you're not familiar with pinball, there usually are like themes and plots. Yeah. But anyway, um, turns out, you know, at the end of the episode, he's stuck in the pinball game. And you see that by the end of the episode, when you see a giant silver ball start to roll down the escalator and he's just like, oh, no, <laughs> and the guy above is laughing over his head. And yeah, that was, for someone like me who enjoyed video games that hit a little too close to home. Sure. Um Let's see, uh, Tale of the Super Specs. That's yes, pretty the cool. First Sardo. First, yes, no Mr. Accent on the dough. Um, that and was. Uh, Sardo. Sardo. Uh, he's a real shyster, mm-hmm. that guy. And uh, that one was fun. You know, they s- see figures in black when they put on yeah. these glasses. And turns out at the end that it's like two universes fighting for the same space yep <laughs> and uh the one that we've been watching this whole time has been the the viewpoint of the universe that lost like <laughs> you know and so at the end like you see the the, the two kids and mr sardo trapped in a crystal ball yeah. while the other universe gets to keep existing yeah like which is kind of harrowing right the yeah. concept yeah um tale of the dangerous soup which was not nearly as scary as i remembered it but it also has Dr. Vink. Mm-hmm. Dr. Vink's great in it. And he calls his soup uh, le pot- La Potège Dangereux, which I appreciated as a, <laughs> as a Francophile. Um, la Potège Dangereux. Potège Dangereux, the, the dangerous soup. Yep. Um, and uh, The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner, which mm-hmm. I already saw, mm-hmm. and which also was not nearly as frightening as I remembered. Right. Especially because they insist on uh, Clarissa Explains It All style scene transitions, oh. where <laughs> the comic, like... Panel wipes? Uh, panel wipes across, and like a... And like, you know when uh, Clarissa's friend would come up the ladder yeah. and they would play that guitar sting? Yeah. They do that in between, and it's like, oh, this is kind of taking me out of it. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, which... 
That might have been a feature, not a bug. Yeah, 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 yeah I think you're right about like, that. Uh, like they maybe filmed it and they thought to themselves, "This is too much. We need to, we need to camp this up a little bit. We it's a bit much. Tone it down a little <laughs> bit." Which I don't blame him. The, the grinner is a very frightening creature. The ma- the makeup on him is terrifying. Yeah, it is absolutely terrifying. And the, I do the credits at the end is just his face. Like when they yeah, play the uh-huh. scene song, that just yeah. you had to watch that to watch the credits. I do love though because it's it's sort of. Uh, the protagonist is sort of a tale of unlikely friends because yeah. it's the, this one kid who has long, greasy hair, you know, and he's definitely he's sort of proto goth kid. Yeah. Um, and the girl he befriends is like super nerd with like mm-hmm. pigtails and glasses right. and braces. Um, but I love that the grinner does catch the girl, and he like tries to like laugh her into you know being like a a dumb drooling maniac. But instead, she just looks at him and says, "I'm sorry, I just don't have much of a sense of humor." <laughs> like, yes. It's like brilliant. I don't yes. have great. time for this. I do yeah. remember that. Oh yeah, my goodness. which was great. Like she stymied him just by being uh, herself. Yeah, <laughs> just by being herself, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the but the other one I do want to talk about is one that did haunt me considerably, and this was the tale of the chameleons, Ooh, which had yes. Tia and Tamara Mowry in it, which was a big get for 1995. So uh, what happens in this is uh, this girl and her friend, they go into a pet shop just to look around. And, uh, you know, they're looking at something more like a bird or like a gerbil. But they do see a chameleon and just think, like, oh, that's gross. Like, well, maybe he's not so bad. So she puts her hand in and the chameleon bites her. And this little turd of a kid comes around the corner and is like, ah, bite you once, bite you twice. A little water, pay the price. (laughs) And like, okay. But uh, the little kid is obnoxious, and it causes the um, the tank with the chameleon in it to come down and crash. And the chameleon races in to uh, her mom's grocery bag uh, while she was putting away groceries. Right. And so the, the chameleon comes home with them. Yeah. And uh, they're just, you know, living a normal life, whatever, talking about things. You know, she's fighting with her parents about stuff, like about, like, she really wants this dress, and her parents are like, no, you can't wear that dress. You know, typical teenager yes. things. Sure. And the chameleon, sure enough, comes around and like bites, like uh, bites her finger again somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she goes to sleep at night, and then it, she opens the door to the bathroom to find that there is someone who looks exactly like her. You know, using making good use of the twins. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, and she's like, I'm gonna really enjoy taking over your life. Like so, the chameleons apparently, if if a chameleon bites you twice, as they are really, they want to do this. Mm-hmm. They want to take over humans' lives. Yep. So what she what he she does then is she turns on the faucet to the shower and pushes her in, <laughs> and yeah. then like you you see like you you don't see anything except like the the um. The uh, the shower curtain is over her because she got pushed in, yeah. and it slowly deflates, and then out comes a chameleon. <laughs> you know, so she got turned into a chameleon. Yeah, and there, her friend starts to notice something's up. Yeah, because like she all of a sudden becomes very agreeable with her parents. She's like, mm, this doesn't match. <laughs> you this, fight with your parents too much for you yeah, to get along with yeah. them. Yeah, so she tries to like um, get find the uh, the chameleon who is now her friend. Her friend. And to find that that uh, this chameleon is trying to take over her life is like trying to kill her by putting her down the uh, the, um, the, uh, the disposal, disposal the, yeah. the garbage disposal, and is about to turn it on 
to which is a gruesome yeah. gruesome death uh and she stops her in the nick of time and uh so the whole thing is like trying to get her to, to bite her again twice so, yeah. they, so she can replace you know right. re, re-replace her and at the end she does manage to, to, to do two bites but uh they get into a tussle right so it's two of them at t- and no they don't know who's who's who right which one is the real one and so i know you'll you'll know it's me because i'm about to because she has like apparently she has this chest full of other chameleons that she wants to help out <laughs> yeah, uh, that she yeah. keeps in the closet um and she's like here if i was it, it, you know if i was really the chameleon i wouldn't just dump all these down the well and so she does that she dumps all the chameleons down the well and then uh she's like no it's a trick and it's too late she shoots she uh she shoots her with water and they walk away but it, she then turns around and says like uh she says, like, ah, she fell for it. And then she picks up the chameleon is like, I hope you can swim. And the other ones come up in a bucket. <laughs> but she, yeah. because she knew that the bucket was there, I guess, somehow. They all yeah. fell into the bucket. They all fell into the bucket, they, None of them, not a single one of them not missed a, the bucket. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and she throws down that one. It's like, I hope you can swim. So the implication is that the protagonist that we've been watching has now drowned to death. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Cheery. that was horrifying to me as a <laughs> yes. kid like the idea that like you know someone could replace you and then no one would even know you were dead like no one would even know you were in danger mm-hmm. like that really got into my head yeah, oh yeah as a kid like that tortured me uh for a good couple of weeks yeah, yeah. and I, then being a chameleon is no longer cool because you couldn't swim yeah right, right. i know yeah. so even, if i'm a chameleon i can't even you swim can't i'm swim. gonna die you're you're, you're dead you're doomed <laughs> What if I come across a puddle? And and your parents don't even know the difference. Your parents like are clueless and they can't help you. Uh, well, because yeah. Nickelodeon and the, the theme of Nickelodeon is parents are stupid. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, most advertising even was that yes. way. Yes. Uh, wide angle lens on authority figure showing them being lame. Yes. Flores's yes. uh, <laughs> parents lame. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. They're I mean, all... Pete, uh, Pete and Pete's parents weren't really lame. They they didn't play them that way. They no. they play them as just as as. Uh, their eccentricities were just out of touch with modern yes. eccentricities. They were that, that's good all parents, it was. nice parents. Yeah, but you know, Dad really cared about his lawn. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Really, and Mom cared. had a metal plate in her head. She picked up radio stations. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was so much fun to yeah. do. That talk yeah. to Pete and Pete with mm-hmm. that. They shot that in New Jersey, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> in three different towns because they kept getting kicked out of the town. Oh, I love the stories that they told about that. Yeah. That was so much fun. Their podcast is good too, by the way. Yeah. If you ever want another podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Mike, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yes, um, they all live in Brooklyn together now, yes. so they just kind of hang out. And I think past few episodes they had uh, Lori Beth, Lori Beth Denberg, Denberg yes, Beth. and uh, all that alum. Yep. Oh, very nice. Um, she's living her best life too mm-hmm. these days. It's cool. Right. it's cool to to see that from former yeah. child stars that we grew up watching and like they did they did all right with their mm-hmm. lives yeah <laughs> that's nice yep um but yeah that that was my big pick was a tale of the chameleon that's, that's a great one. pick i want to go back yeah. and watch that now yeah it's it's good you could probably convince your wife to watch that one with you it's got the maori sisters in it potentially potentially she loves the maori sisters she does yeah uh but with uh, almost a religious fervor so yeah, I, yeah. I, I might be go home roger from it's, Sister Sister. I never watched that oh. show. Oh. Girls were the protagonist. I didn't watch it. That was a... <laughs> icky, icky girls. <laughs> icky, icky girls. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I just didn't have... I just didn't have sisters in the house, so yeah. I just didn't... I don't know. 
Yeah, so that uh, that about does it. All all around, Alrighty. some good episodes were discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, learning about uh, cable production in the 1990s. Um, yes. And some really fun, spooky scares. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think the show was worth rewatching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do kind of have to put into your head uh, what was cool in the 90s. Like, yeah. what would you do with anything? Like, from the 60s, you would... Say like, oh, watch out for the crazy '60s fashions, all that kind of stuff. It's watch the same out thing for here. Sometimes the special effects are less than, yeah, great. But that I mean, given the time, not bad. But if you watch it now, you're they look dated. Yeah, like go like the girl falling into dreamland. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. I mean, our our viewing of it was benefited by uh, watching it on a smaller screen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which uh, is another thing you have to keep in mind is, yeah. you know, people were watching this on tube TVs, which were likely mm-hmm. no bigger than 19 inches across. Right. So it's a, but a different era. Whenever those ghosts have to fade into dust and wisps of smoke, they did it quite well. Yeah, they did. You know, and there were some things that did work well. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's just a really, like, I'm telling you guys, I was just grinning the whole time yeah. watching this. And I was grinning as you guys were telling the stories of the ones that you guys watched. Just oh, because yeah. I just enjoy um, just those sort of fun, spooky stories like that. And Are You Afraid of the Dark did that very well. Yeah, they did. And, uh, yeah, kids deserve good, scary stories like that. They do. And I'm glad it's sort of coming back with, like, scary stories to tell in the dark and yeah are you afraid of the dark is making a miniseries come back yep. and i hope it catches on with yeah. kids because it's a fun fun exercise we had two goosebumps movies we sure did the house with a clock in its walls yep. yeah yeah some kids some i haven't kids i haven't seen the goosebumps movie looks like it was fun i'm sure it was fun yeah i haven't seen it jack either. black's sure in it, it can't be all bad right it right. can't be all bad yeah but Goosebumps, if you reread your Goosebumps, it's definitely like... Is it not on the same level as Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, I mean, like, I, I feel like... I don't know about the show. I mean, like, reading the books. Like, yeah. Because I, I had all... I loved those when I was a kid. I had sure. every one of the... All 64 or 62 of the original yeah. run. Um, They're very much still like for kids. As opposed okay. to, like, John Belair's who wrote stuff like The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Like, yeah. I think you can read that stuff as an adult. Like, and you can read mm-hmm. Harry Potter as an adult. Like, these are books for kids that aren't, like, that don't necessarily treat, like... They're for all ages. Goosebumps yeah. are still for kids. Yeah. Like, they, they, they just say, like, the type of stuff that Goosebumps did didn't hold up as well. Doesn't hold up yeah. as well for an adult. So I don't know if the Goosebumps movie, like, took that mm-hmm. into account to give something for the people who grew up watching it since, you know, we were 20 years removed. Yeah. But I'm sure... I mean, fine. Are You Afraid of the Dark is very much for kids. Yes. Um, but... Like I said, there's a sort of verisimilitude to it that yeah. makes it more watchable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of great episodes. And if you don't like ones that are even particularly spooky, there are some that are just strange stories. Yes. You know, like in, like Twilight Zone is right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or ones with like happy endings, but just sort of like ethereally happy endings. Yes. Like the, the one of like the lonely ghosts yeah. or something like that. I'm or the fro- frozen ghost. That's yeah. it. Tale of the frozen ghost. I am ghost. cold. There is yeah. a lonely ghost. That one's episode. actually That's the scary. Third episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, well, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me for this meeting of the Memory Machine Society. I think it's about time to put out the fire. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, uh, let's go around with some plugs, everybody. Who are you? Where can we follow you on socials? Do you have any events that you'd like to plug? Anything like that? Trey. All right. Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Trey.Wittish. 
mm-hmm. on Twitter at Trey Whittish, all one word. And if you're here in the uh, West New York area, I will be appearing on stage at the Ghost Light Theater in North Tonawanda in the uh, show The Silver Lady. Runs mm-hmm. Thursdays through Sundays from October 10th. This will this show will be going up twentieth. Uh, this show will be going up not uh, this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. So, okay, so, so what what are the shows for that weekend following? That, that? weekend following. So that would be the Thursday the seventeenth through Sunday the twentieth. Thursday okay. at seven p.m. Friday Saturday at eight p.m. Sunday at two p.m. Uh, it is a supernatural murder mystery. Very about cool. an old haunted lighthouse in Maine. Fantastic. Yes. And Fantastic. if you're looking for something spooky to do uh, the weekend after that, uh, October 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, the uh, Ghost Light Theater is running a uh, fundraiser run of The Night of the Living Dead, a stage version of Night of the Living Dead. Cool. Zombies crawling around the theater throughout the audience. Um, it's a fundraiser for them. Um, and I am not in that one on stage, but I, uh, you could hear my voice in, on the, uh, various radio spots that we'll be playing cool. throughout there, uh, the show. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Please go see, go see some of that stuff. It's really cool that, that that is in the area that we have the ghost light theater. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been so many shows going through there and I've just never made yes. it priority but i do want to see the show that you're in all right i am in the mood for a good supernatural m- oh, yeah. murder mystery well, i will tell you i'll give you more info of the show dates sweet uh andy what do you got for us you can find me on twitter at the andy parks mm-hmm. um, i am also on instagram at the andy parks yeah. um, in terms of where you can find me in public um i'm around yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really have events. I Say hi. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of like public facing stuff. But uh, yeah, if you ever see me out and about, feel free to say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, love to chat about uh, pop culture or anything. Very cool. Very cool. And I am Nate Lockhart. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate underscore Lockhart. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Nathaniel Lockhart. That's Nathaniel with an I E L at the end. And uh, I have a couple things to plug here. Uh, one is on October 26th at Dave and Adam's Comic Book Shop in Amherst. I think is that technically Am- Amherst? Yeah, I believe yes. it is. It's on Sheridan. Yeah. So uh, transit. transit, transit. Well, transit and Sheridan. You're right. Transit Sheridan. and Sheridan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be doing a live podcast there. Um, it will be certainly Halloween themed. I'm not entirely sure yet what topic. I haven't settled on a topic yet for what we're going to talk about. But you know, it'll be uh, it'll be fun, spooky fun. So come out there for their little Halloween event. I believe they're going to have a couple like celebrity guests too or something like that. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Also, I recently got this all set up. Uh, if you happen to be in the Buffalo area on Wednesday, November 6th, please come out to uh, the North Tonawanda Library where I will be showing my print of The Cat and the Canary, a silent film classic. Uh, it's a haunted house murder mystery thing. Uh, the, I believe show's time, showtime will start at 6.30. And it, we will also be having live music by Shay's uh, Performing Arts Center organist, Bruce Woody. We perform in the awesome. music for us. So, um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great. Uh, I've never 
shown any of my film in public. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little nervous about what happens, like uh, what happens when the film, if the film breaks, like the film breaks, am I going to be quick enough with the press tape and the splice to, you know, make sure things are still moving. Um, this is a multi-reel feature and I only have one projector. So I have to stop to change reels in the middle of it. How fast can I do it? You know, um, uh, just what if the light bulb burns out in the projector? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot that can go wrong, and I'm scared. I'm I'm scared. Um, but uh, it'll be fantastic. But anyway, yeah, November six. Um, I'm very excited about that. So um, come out and see it. So cool. thanks again for listening, everybody. This meeting of the Memory Machine Society has since concluded. So I'm gonna put the water on the fire. And uh, this this meeting is concluded. Happy dreams, all. We love you. Good night. Good night. about you were talking about episodes that scared you yes so i'm going to take that part that we just did and, and paste it in okay in earlier, but leave this earlier. part where you're telling what you're going to do in let's let's just leave that oh, in. Yeah, right yes. <laughs> we'll leave this in we, so that way everyone's just so confused yep. like, yes. what what why was there a cut why why did andy stop oh. talking to me? non-linear <laughs> storytelling is cool when tarantino does it but it's confusing for nate lockhart's <laughs> podcast <laughs> snobs uh i'm at the very least, I'm going to put this at the very end as a stinger, <laughs> a stinger quote. Um, yeah.